0: Tune in to the Neil Prendeville Show weekdays from 9 a.m. on Cork's Red FM. That's why they're saying keep the brawlies handy, because um, parts of the weekend could be a washout for certain people in certain counties. Um, further north, you go more issues. It's storm Flur, apparently, they're worried about, which could bring rain and thunder. Meanwhile, across, uh, across the states, I was talking yesterday about Turkey and Greece. Uh, the paper's also talked today of U.S. towns burning down wildfires are raging across 14 states now you're talking about some of the region of like 3 million acres of America scorched by wildfires uh, and they have counted them, something like a hundred wildfires at the moment in 14 states. Uh, in other news this morning, uh, another proud day. I mean, I mean, there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of people not all together on board with children being vaccinated and the under 15s can register for next week and then it'll be the under 12s. And I understand all of, some people are reticent about it, a vaccine portion for 12 to 15 year olds. But we have administered as a country the six millionth COVID-19 vaccine. It was dished out yesterday, so another milestone, there's six million of them. Um, Other you know, countries uh, encourage people by giving them treats to get vaccinated. In America they do that, but I noticed this morning in one of the papers that um, in German, sorry, in, in, a, in a place called Thuringia, in Germany, they're offering free hot dogs. It's one of the enormous sausages, the photograph of a big long sausage in a small bun. She so get a free bratwurst with every jab. Apparently, it's doubled the amount of people who are going for vaccinations since they introduced this... Uh, um, this uh, free, what we would call a hot dog they would call a Brassworth uh, <laughs> people can be tempted you know, uh, through um, uh, through their, uh, their their taste buds if you like, but uh, there's a slight increase the echo this morning is a bit of a dampener but not a huge worry really, it's just slightly ahead uh, of the uh, national average with regards to new figures in Cork showing a slight increase across all areas and that's a, a front page. but the Healy Rays dominate many of the papers today The I was telling you yesterday as we were coming off air the Radio Kerry were sent a video uh, of all sorts of carry-on inside in the uh, Healy Ray's pub, topless men uh, dancing customers on top of uh, of tables, quite rowdy actually, um, and this was uh, when nobody should have been inside in a pub uh, the Healy Ray's were asked about the video and they said they, uh, one or two of them including Danny Healy Ray uh, or sorry Danny Healy Ray's son Johnny he said he hadn't seen it and uh, the family wouldn't make any comment until they looked at the circumstances but it happened and the video ev- evidence is there to show it on top of that then overnight another story came out of the Healy Ray's pub which is uh, uh, some kind of a, a, a wedding get together uh, and the pub is absolutely rammed with people who are clearly dressed for a wedding now the wedding itself was clearly somewhere else but this was uh, it's got Danny Healy Ray behind the bar Pouring pints for the wedding party in Kilgarvan. The place is absolutely rammed. Nobody should have been <coughs> indoor in a pub. This was on July 16th. Um, and certainly uh, no social distancing or masks. Um, I picture was taken on the 16th at the wedding of Danny's son, Patrick. And at the time, bars and restaurants uh, could only open to outdoor hospitality. So I don't know how the Healy Rays are going to bat that one away. But certainly, <coughs> you know publicans are livid now and restaurateurs as well because publicans have been saying for the last month they've been turning people away who are looking to book multiple tables outdoors and apparently for the entire month they could have had up to 200 people at tables of six so they're very annoyed about that because they're saying the vintners and the restaurant association are saying because of this confusion And the fact that it wasn't clarified clearly. We only found out, of course, because of uh, Catherine Sapone's lunch for 50 at the Marion, um, that you could have had 200 people outdoors at tables of six. So, publicans and restaurateurs are saying they've lost huge amounts of money and they're looking for compensation on that. Uh, also, at the same time, you have issues regarding communions and confirmations and the Irish Times picks up on that now where ministers are beginning to push for the resumption of church sermon services. Um, but, you know, if you were calling the, the digital COVID help cert, cert helpline uh, and it wasn't being answered for you, don't feel as if you were alone. Some people are saying to me by text that the two numbers are no longer working, that it's just one. But nine of the calls made to the digital COVID cert helpline have not been answered over the past two weeks. 90% of them, people just waited and waited and waited, either got cut off or gave up. I'll have some more on that one because I'll be able to compare it to the Spanish system. And I'll do that a little later on. I was talking to somebody last week uh, who was uh, five minutes on hold uh, to Spain because you have to get a special QR code to get into Spain. Five minutes on hold to Spain. And the problem was solved there and then remotely by the Spanish with perfect English within 5 minutes Uh, the Spanish helpline is 24-7 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Varadkar makes the papers as well today, the Taunista. Uh, they've accused him of going into hiding. Uh, in fact, I read somewhere overnight that at this stage now, the government and certainly Fine Gael, are trying to save Leo Varadkar's career. I read that somewhere over Catherine opponents, Marion Hotel 50-person event and also all of the c- confusion and carry-on about the appointment of her job. Um, Simon Coveney's gone very quiet on it also. I think he had probably one or two more questions to answer than than Leo Varadkar. But uh, here on Lee side, Councillor Ken O'Flynn is picking up the mantle for residents in the city who are driven berserk out of their minds uh, with regards to buskers. Because when there are buskers busking in the city at night, people gather and it becomes quite rowdy. And the Echo is a front pager with Councillor O'Flynn this morning saying that a former resident of the city centre apartment left her home because of relentless busking on her doorstep and made life unbearable um, uh, this this late night busking of making people gather and join in and I played you some video audio of that last week on the program and then if you didn't know it and we've spoken about this enough times uh, that people should know it that um, uh, drug dealers are now using kids uh, as young as 12 to peddle their cannabis to peddle their tablets and to peddle their cocaine even and perhaps even uh, heroin uh, they're, they're luring youngsters in towns and cities much of the reason's why of course is because they are um uh, they kind of blend in better kids uh, with regards to moving around like that and also they're unprosecutable so that's the story that makes the star today you heard in the news there with regards to Thomas Gould saying there's um plenty of derelict houses that we should be um you know either buying or repossessing or taking back Uh, rather than just concentrating on building. And he's very much front and center on that here in Cork. An increased amount of vacant sites should be brought back into use by Cork City. Uh, if Cork City is to prosper, there's no point building if you still have derelict areas. It makes sense. The, the, the headman in Ryanair makes the examiner this morning, the chief executive, uh, Eddie Wilson. He says that Cork is going to miss out on any kind of post-pandemic COVID recovery because the rest of you, Europe will boom ahead, but Cork won't. And the reason why? Because of the closure of the city's airport for essential runway works. That's according to uh, Ryanair. But back on the ground on two wheels, of course. Uh, yesterday saw the start of the Tour de Munster charity cycle and aided down syndrome well done to each and every one of them raising great funds and i hope having great fun as well took off yesterday uh, from grand parade and they're off now as we speak on a 600 kilometer cycle all around the six counties of munster and it will come back to cork on the 8th of august when they will climb (laughs) when they will climb on bikes saint patrick's hill that's a challenge you kind of prefer to get that out of the way at the start wouldn't you and Kinsale is doing a two day festival uh, this is yet more festivals and outdoor events as we bounce back and it's a lovely story in the echo on that and also uh, I don't know why everywhere I turn these days I seem to be seeing Barbie doll stories I was telling you about the, the Barbie dolls of the, the vaccine creators uh, earlier in the week but now they've got other ones as well Katy Perry's got a, a Barbie doll, Farrah Fawcett's got a Barbie doll, uh, who else has got one, Will and Kate are getting Barbie dolls, Jennifer Lopez Elvis Presley, Marilyn Monroe, there's no end to the rollout apparently and musically and You know, I often talk about things that you can buy, things that go to auction for big money. If you're a Beatles fan, uh, then you might like to know that two Beatles set lists, these are handwritten set lists. I don't mean to insult anybody, because you probably know, but for those that don't, a set list is the planned list of songs that a band put together before a gig. A lot of the time, they don't change at all on a tour, and you can almost tell in advance if you look online as to what the set list would be. But this is two set lists, handwritten by Paul McCartney, way back in, I think it was 1960 is one of them and the other settlers just from 1963 and they will at, make at least, at least 150 to 210 thousand euro when they go up for auction. Potentially more than that. Like, if somebody wanted to buy the two of them, which is probably what will happen, they could go for over 400000 It's not the lyrics of a song or anything. It's just a list of songs written by McCartney for a gig. I mean, come on. The
1: Neil Prendiville Show. With Tesco, we're grateful to our customers for continuing to follow the guidelines that help to protect us all.
0: Alright, lines open 1-850-104-106. Text 868 104 A free food Friday today, so great day, happy day we'll talk some more about happiness uh, a little later on in our lives, particularly when you know, it comes to Friday, everybody's got a little bit more pep in their step, and it's a free food Friday courtesy of ourselves, an oak fire pizza so you can gather for you and your friends for large pizzas with sides if you text who you are and where you are to 086-8104-106 8 off you go we'll do some shout outs across the morning and then pick three winners four pizzas each with sides courtesy of ourselves and oak fire pizza uh, for all of the business text away to your heart's content 086-8104-106 8 now uh, story in the papers this morning uh, because i did say i'd stay in touch with this with regards to the tragic deaths of uh, two wonderful men in Monkstown earlier in the week, one was Father Con Cronin and the other um the bus driver uh, Mark Wills from Ballincollig. Now I have an update with regards to um Father Con Cronin's uh, funeral arrangements. Uh, he will be buried in West Cork incidentally. He will be he will lay in rest at St Mary's Church Passage West from 4 to 7 this evening. So recently from Bantry so he will then be at St. Joseph's Church in Kumhala tomorrow from 10 a.m. to 12.30 p.m. And members of the public who would like to visit for personal prayer are allowed to do so in both venues, according to guidelines. But the funeral is private. It's a f- private funeral mass it will take place at two o'clock. It will be live streamed uh, and then there will be a private burial in Kilmakanog Cemetery. Uh, down West. So those are the funeral arrangements. Forgive me, I don't have any arrangements with regards to the late Mark Wilson, and and our thoughts are with the, his family as well as the family and friends of Father Con Cronin. A man who knew him uh, well was Michael. Is Michael O'Regan? He joins me by phone. Michael, good morning. Good morning, Neil. Good morning. Uh, I, I just you? wanted to do the funeral arrangements because people would be interested in hearing it. We were wondering whether he would be buried in Passage or West Cork. He's going home, uh, and I suppose That's rightly so, isn't it true? Yep. That was
2: that was very, true. Yep. It was, it was very true to his, uh, true to his heart. He yep. had a great devotion to that area.
0: And so, you sure. you go back to the 70s. Talk to me about that.
2: Yeah, that's right. I just thought that was kind of one of the things I kind of wanted to mention. That everybody, I'm sure, is you know, so heartbroken about him. They knew him, who he was today and how good and great a man he was. But um, I just consider myself so fortunate to have met him and known him for a long time. Even though there was a 20-year gap between the kind of when you went to Africa and everything, when you first left Ireland to go to Kletegan, Brooklyvy in Scotland. Yeah. Which was a college then for, let's say, late vocations to the Kletegan fathers. Um, So most of the students there then would be about 21, 22 plus. Um, I went there at the age of 17, so I was quite young compared to the others. And uh, just that when to I To study
0: all, for the uh, priesthood, Michael, wasn't it?
2: It was, yes, yeah, okay. for the fathers. Yes. Okay. okay. Um, I'm just wondering, because I'm sure, again, because of the age group, there are probably not many people really, maybe still around or able to, maybe who remember can't from that era. Uh, so I'm you sure shared a,
0: you shared a room apparently while studying, isn't that right? We
2: did. Yeah, I spent two years there with Khan, and uh, we sh- we had a, we shared a room together for a couple of years. Which is, if, if you know, knowing Khan in those days, it was fun. I mean, he was a big man now, but he was. I think like everything else, we all shrink in size afterwards. He was bigger then. I think he was about six foot four then. And always the college could never find a bed long enough for him. And always his ankles, feet were hanging <laughs> over the edge.
1: He very tall, yeah.
2: The bed wouldn't fit him. No but, no, but typical Khan, that didn't bother him. He just adapted as normal to everything else in life.
0: We're hearing great stories all week about him, actually. That's another honestly. lovely one. Big and lanky Khan, the bed too somebody
2: There was a lovely interview by somebody there that was local person talking about his life, and you mentioned in it that um, he was never a great sportsman. <laughs> right. And honestly, goodness, you know, I was talking to kind of my partner here about him, and he never was... He, honestly, he hated football. He was on the pitch... If the ball came near him, he just batted it away, <laughs> and he didn't know that was wrong. His best position was in goal, leaning on the goalpost. <laughs> and if you tackled him, well, he didn't because he never chased you. If you went near him, all he'd do was just push you over because <laughs> he had the size to do it, and he yeah. didn't think there's anything wrong with that. What with his bet?
0: height, he'd have been handy up front, heading the ball into the net. But it wasn't for him. Like- would,
2: there would be an effort. That would be an effort. <laughs> If, if somebody accidentally bounced the ball off his head and it went somewhere, that'd be good. But yeah. other than that, no, he just he would just shove you over, <laughs> and he was such an amazing man. Even then, I remember we had a small chapel in the um, in the college, so we had to go uh, attend mass every morning, etc. And in the old days, I'm sure yourself, maybe a lot of you listeners would remember, they used to swap the 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 the, the book over for the gospel from the right hand side to the left hand side of the altar. So you kind of pick the gospel up, you go down the kind of two, three steps, genuflect, and cook the other side and put it on the other side of the altar. Con, because of his size, and honestly, you know, he had no kind of ceremony about this at all, he would do that in one long stride. So he'd pick the Bible at one side, stretch across, down three steps, up the other side, with a kind of a half genuflect in between. And then it appears the other side of the altar, Quite nonchalantly, well I'm here, now what you want now? Like, you know, <laughs> you know, there was no ceremony, there's no fuss. And that's go, I'm going back fifty years. Now, and, and I think the, the whole of his thing.
0: life, there was no ceremony, no fuss. It no. was just a big, large than life personality that nobody has anything to say but kindness about.
2: Honestly, he was, he was, he was really, really. Uh, and did at he, at he then to... go
0: straight to Africa after, um, or being he ordained? Did.
2: Yeah, I mean, I only did two years. I hadn't got that devotional vocation that Khan went on to do and became the great man he was. Um, So I left after two years, but Khan went to Africa.
0: Tough call to make to decide not to proceed, I'd say, is it?
2: Probably, yeah, probably. I'd say so, yeah, yeah but he came back to England and then he, he, he went to visit uh, Book in Scotland again and he tried to look up some of the people he'd studied with Was that like
0: 20 years uh, later then is it?
2: 20 years later yeah. and then lucky enough he had, he had a contact number the college still had a contact number address for me he got in contact with me which was a great surprise for 20 years and I said look uh, he was traveling down train th- um, from Scotland. I said, well, I'll meet you at New Street Station and pick you up. And I said to him, what if I don't recognize you? He said, what you do? He said, when I go onto a railway station in New Street, and it's a big station, New Street. He said, I'll throw a handful of coins up in the air, he said, and that'll be me. he? <laughs> and I laughed. Anyway, uh-huh. New Street Station, concourse, loads of people. And honestly, you'd be, you you'd have to be totally blind not to recognize Con if you hadn't seen him for 60 years. You know, Con was Con, and am sure he was Con. But that did not stop him throwing the handful of coins up in the air amongst all these people. <laughs> and all this clatter and clatter and clatter on the concourse, on these tiles, and everybody looking around thinking, you know. And again, it was just Con, pure, pure big hugs, and we had a great couple of days together.
0: Man, it must have um, been amazing to be so happy, you know.
2: Honestly, and that's why I think, I mean, everybody is so heartbroken about him, and I know where he is now, but I just thought it'd be so nice to, you know, recall some of the real, real happy moments of Colin when he was younger, who he was.
0: And what Uh, did you do on that day after the 20-year reunion?
2: (laughs) Well, (laughs) we went out for a pub lunch. (laughs) (laughs) And then he came back to my house, stayed, you know, for a couple of days and it was like everything else I think one of your comments on the radio on your own station where they said that you know even though despite all his fun and humor and everything else God was very close to him and he stayed in my kind of spare room in the house and I went in the next morning to kind of you know tidy up for him everything else and there it was the Bible his little Bible next to his bed for him his prayer books you know and he's in God with a great night a great day and you think, you know, Conner still Connery is that man. Yeah, it was yeah. amazing
0: yeah. that he knew the path for him in his life and he followed it happily and contentedly and shared oh, so much yeah. happiness with people, you
2: know? Honestly, I mean, the thing is, he's such, such a funny... I mean, looking up my aunt, Kathleen in Manchester, who met him many years ago at the family reunion in Ireland. Um watches or listens to the radio, Irish radio stations on her iPad, and she noticed it and, and um, recognized his photograph, and unfortunately she rang me. So You must so have been he,
0: heartbroken he, he, when you heard the circumstances of his
2: death. Oh, I still am, honestly, but that's the point now at the moment, you know, there's a lot of people there suffering a lot more than I am, but just going back to the age group when I was so young, I remember how so much fun he was. Yeah. You,
0: know. you know he uh, died a hero, you know that, you're aware of that. So I hear, so I
2: hear, and that would be just typical of him. It was like, again, Conn speaking. Uh, you know, that's such a distinctive way of speaking. And I say here, you know, it's my partner, Bernie. I'd say, you know, he reminds me of Roy Orbison. I mean, Roy Orbison's a big fan of mine, the singer. And as soon as you hear Roy Orbison sing, you recognize instantly who it is. Yeah. And Conn was the same. Yeah. As soon as Conn started saying something, you, if you were in the same room, you'd recognize that tone.
0: You won't, you won't, we won't make the funeral due to COVID, uh, clearly, but it is, no, stre- it not- is streamed online, and, and I hope you're aware yeah. of that, you know? Um, you, are you're, not- you're in Birmingham, I believe. Is that right, Michael? You went yes. into the, into the pub trade yourself then, was that?
2: I did win the hospitality trade in Birmingham and London and then spent 10, 12 years across the, in the Middle East doing the same thing, running over the hotels in, over there. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, you know, you're kind of uh, so privileged to thank you for letting me come on the, the, the radio station, really, to share my really such happy early memories of Con. Okay, well, listen, happy and, to do uh, so and putting well, smiles on our faces. Look, look after that yourself that
0: and stay listening, Michael. Thanks for taking the call. Cheers.
2: And uh, please offer my condolences, obviously, to Mark this his family as well. You betcha. And okay. The people there, but thank you very much for the privilege. Well, thank you Rich, for letting me talk about it and the privilege
0: to let me of you know, knowing it. Sharing your stories, lovely stuff. Honestly, thank you Take so, care, so much. Take care, Michael. Cheers. Take care. Thank you. Um, thank you so much, uh, Brenda. Brenda tells me that there is uh, um, some detail now with regards to the late Mark Wills, and this is posted on RIP.ie on August third, twenty twenty-one. Unexpectedly, Mark, later boss Aaron. Loving father of Gillian and Rebecca, beloved son of Stephen and Madeline, brothers of Gwen, his twin Stephen, Brian and Ken, sadly missed by his loving children, parents, sister, brothers, brother-in-law, sisters-in-law, nieces, nephews, Deirdre, relatives, work colleagues and friends. Oh, my God, he shared so much in his life with so many people. Um, May he rest in peace. Due to the current government guidelines, Mark's funeral will be private, but his mass will be streamed live at 11 a.m., on Saturday uh, so that's tomorrow Uh, and of course if you would like to leave a message which would be nice a message of condolence for his family you can do so Um, and that's on the rip.ie website you know where you can leave little messages and that will be a nice thing if people wish to do so so now you're up to date lads and again our sincerest condolences to both families a very, very, very tragic event this week on Lee Side.
1: This is The Neil Prenderville Show. Tweet the show at Neil Red FM. 104 to 106
0: Red FM. One of the things that I try to do as often as possible is go back to stories for updates or to see if they've come to a conclusion. It's very important and I often ask people, will you come back to us and let us know how things go? You may have heard that. And last Friday uh, John was uh, on the air with us. Actually, it was uh, earlier than last Friday. I think it might have been last Wednesday or Thursday, but he was on air. He was very distressed at the time because his, uh, he was trying to contact his uh, mum. He may have been on again uh, with Mick Mull on, on Friday morning uh, updating. But um the, the the he was trying to get onto the mum's phone was off and she was in there quite some time and they couldn't reach her and uh, you know with with restrictions to visits it was it was problematic for them. She also may have got a a, a diagnosis. Uh, that was very worrying and upsetting and the family were worried about that and nobody was answering the phones when they were calling the hospital CUH well apparently a porter was listening to the show at the time uh, and plugged in and charged their mam's phone so they managed to make contact but I believe that she's home now so John Mullins is back again with us John good morning uh, good morning, Neil. John, How are things? John Mullins in, in, in Balafie Hand. But did I get that right? If I missed any of the backstory there? Just bring me up to date.
3: No, no, that's that's just really, uh, Neil. Uh, Mum came home, I collected her from hospital the other day. Um, she must go back in in eight weeks. No, look, I can't
0: go into her medical details on air, but... Um, oh, so I won't go, I won't talk about the diagnosis that you were worried about then? Um,
3: we, we don't know yet, Neil. Okay. That's okay. the honest answer okay um we won't know for eight weeks until they do more scans all right okay
0: okay so ten how long days, was she in in days. total
3: uh ten days all right and she's home now why she's home because um okay her, look her pancreas is, is enlarged okay it's inflamed yeah. yeah because of an infection okay yeah no they're saying that there is something there but because it's so inflamed they can't see what it is. So she's on medication, and in eight weeks' time they'll bring her in for an MRI scan. Now, that scan will reveal what's there. Yes. But yeah. they said there's no point in keeping her in hospital for eight weeks waiting no. for a scan. So and that's right. She's actually better off at home, where we can go and see her every day. And is she you know, comfortable? Just really look after. her. She is. She's comfortable. She is. She has uh, her radio and her television in her room, and she's you know she seems to be content. You know. And her family
0: within arm's reach.
3: Oh, she look, we're all in the Ballyfian area. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. know, we're all
0: within five minutes of mum, like. Yeah. So that you porter, know, so. <laughs> the porter plugged in the phone, was it? Is that what I heard?
3: That, that, that's it, Neil, yeah. Um, I was on with Mick on Friday and just basically appealed for anyone up there to, you know, go up and just, for God's sake, plug in the woman's phone, you know. So, in fairness, a porter who would not give us his name because we wanted to thank him. Yeah. Uh, no, he wasn't the only one, Mick. There was other people came on board as well. There's actually neighbours of mums who had people working in the CVH. They made inquiries for us and they got a lot people of... People are
0: brilliant, aren't they? Um,
3: unbelievable. Yeah, unbelievable.
0: I mean, we often well, dwell on the negative and the bullying and the trolling and all that kind of stuff. But deep down, most people are just kind.
3: Oh, without a doubt, Neil. You know, when push comes to shove and I think it's... I'm not saying it's unique to Cork, but there's something about the Cork spirit, you know, that... Yeah. You know, I think it when, is unique to us. Needs, yeah. We needs, you know, when people need stuff, you know, it just cork people, whatever it is, you know. And you know, the one thing that we take away from this, Neil, is that's like how broken our health system is. It's it's absolutely crazy. And like I said to Mick Friday, look and I'm repeating myself again, this was never a nurse and doctor kicking exercise from us. This was the HSE, this is Paul Reed, this is Stephen Donnelly, this is me Hall Martin. Like the buck stops with them.
0: It uh, was frustrating God. for you not being able to go in for all that length of time, but more so when nobody would answer the phone or give you an update and your mother was in there on her own. was not that it? Uh, uh,
3: Correct I mean, we, we had no issue. As much as we'd have loved to have gone up to see ma'am, we understood the restrictions, and we understood why the restrictions were in place. That was never the issue. Hmm. But the issue was that we were getting drip-fed things from mum on the phone that people were supposed to be saying to her that we hadn't a clue yeah
0: and yeah. it took
3: my brother to go you up. didn't know
0: whether she was confused or not your brother went up yeah no. yeah.
3: Yeah, yeah he had just kind of tread through a sit down protest and within he timed it within 18 minutes there was a doctor down the fire talking to him I know
0: I know sometimes you just yeah. have to push you know
3: yeah yeah but look she's in good spirits Neil ah, and okay. she's very grateful and Listen, uh, she got a phone call there then last Friday evening from Paddy O'Brien. Great (laughs) Paddy O'Brien. Yeah, it doesn't surprise me. And they spent an hour. And believe it or not, how small a world it is, Paddy knew my mother very well and my late father.
0: That doesn't surprise me either. How how come?
3: Um, My late father and Paddy were very, very good friends. It's just that Paddy never caught the surname.
0: Gotcha. You know?
3: And when I told him who they were...
0: Um, yeah, I don't know how yeah. he gets so much time in the day to do all of the things that he does, but he does, in fairness to him. The man is
3: incredible, Neil.
0: Yeah, yeah. he's like a Juracell bunny. You know? Okay, so yeah. you, uh, you have a bit of a waiting game now for, for some weeks, but fingers crossed that all would be well.
3: Well, fingers crossed, and the main thing, Neil, she's she's within arm's reach of us you No, know? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Okay. You know, I was at the college yesterday I you know I have to work for a while my sister was there my brother was there so that means an awful lot
0: home is where the she heart is, is. company yeah. Yeah,
3: uh, exactly yeah. exactly, yeah, exactly.
0: okay you know? listen good to catch up with you John as always do stay in touch I'm delighted your mum is home
3: and hey, listen, thanks for everything yourself, Brendan, the team there, the, right. you know, for helping us highlight this issue. OK,
0: thank you so much. Take care yourself. No, Cheers, have a good it. weekend, yeah, John care. Mullins. Take care, take care. Take care. Uh, how about some praise for the government for a change? It's all good that we have opinions, whether we agree or disagree, so be it. But I feel all the verbal attacks on the Irish government is just unfair. Uh, I'm not into hidden agendas or ulterior motives or attacks on our freedom or this devious plot to deny us freedom. The government is simply trying to do what's best for the country, Trying to please all of the people all of the time is clearly an impossible task. Down through the years, Irish governments have been criticized. It's just the way. It's a national pastime. It's often been justified. I'm not a supporter of the present government, but against all the odds, they've struggled on, and in the end, they've done an excellent job under dreadful conditions. Most of Europe, the UK, and the USA wouldn't touch them. They had an awful housing problem, the uncertainty of Brexit, and the antics of the British government leading us up the garden path, a crippling attack from the coronavirus, a computer problem from our Russian friends, followed by a second, more vicious attack of COVID. There were problems around every corner, and it was difficult to find the answers to these problems because the situation kept changing by the hour. So the hurlers on the ditch, like vultures in the mist, licking their lips and sharpening their claws were in their elements with an answer for every conceivable problem. But remember, hindsight's a wonderful thing. One of the biggest difficulties was the blind, selfish ignorance of many people. They won't wear a mask, they won't get vaccinated, they continue to mingle and tell the world they're not sheep, that they're lions, and they won't be gagged. Do they realize that they are the very reason why the positive cases of the virus are still high, and perhaps even getting higher? Uh, This is a deadly, silent, contagious disease. There are no outward signs. It is leprosy without the scabs. The medical people have their finger on the situation and we should be influenced only by their advice. People who are not vaccinated should be made known to the public. It's an interesting one. It's simple, painless and harmless and it saves lives. There are potential time bombs of deaths and I don't want them near me. And I hope anyone without a mask stays far away from me. Are they not afraid to pass on this disease to their loved ones, their children anymore? If all the government's precautions save just one life, then it will be worth it. Opening up hospitality was fraught with danger. The digital passport to gain entrance is a perfect and a fair solution to the problem. Again, screaming, we have our rights brigade up in arms. They say it's an attack on their freedom. I feel it's a fair-minded solution to a difficult problem. Maybe these brave, of righteous lions in our society might see the light, get a life, wear a mask, and get vaccinated. So straight to the point, as usual, uh, Jim McKeown by email to neil at redfm.ie. Not quite sure about one part of it where you say people who are not vaccinated should be made known to the public. How would you do that? Issue another cert for the unvaccinated? Get them to wear a sign or a badge or what? Be able to ask them. It's interesting. Uh, keep those texts coming. Text oh eight six eight one zero four one zero six. Pick up the phone on one eight fifty one zero four one zero six. Robert, sorry, Robert's next. But first up, Rory. Good morning. Morning, Neil. Okay. With regards to all of the payments over the past year and a half, you have thoughts on um particularly pop is it? Yeah, the PUP payments, Neil.
4: Neil, this this whole thing that was put in a year and a half a year and a half ago, it was rushed through and it was a simple process. All they had to do was run a person's PPS number. Through with the with the revenue. And Neil, it's it's easy to do it, right? Because like I got my certificates, my my um scanning certificate as she reached back there, right? But when I came home and the letter was on the table, it was from the revenue
0: commissioners. That's right. Revenue, revenue did it, yeah, yeah.
4: Exactly. Why did revenue give me my shirt when it's a HSC problem, right? So, in other words, they're working
0: together. I Why think. I think maybe. I think the post. I think the postal ones came based not on your email address or anything like that because you were getting these ones through the post. They came via your PPS number, so it would be exactly. more. Of, no, but so. That's revenues department. It would be more efficient to do it that way rather than exactly, the exactly
4: Neil your PP. You just said it. It's the PPS number when a person applies for a PP for a PUP payment, poor payment when a person applies for that. Why do they not run the person's PPS number with the revenue and find out what the wages that that person is earning and match the payment? You got a bit late yesterday over an email that you got from someone stating that the people are getting three times the amount of. Their wages.
0: Now, yeah, these, cause, cause that, a over, of that, over a year ago, you had a
4: conversation, over a year ago, you had a conversation with a parent of a person. Um, a student that was working, I think it was about 10 or 12 hours at a weekend he was working in a, in a, a shop in the city centre. Um, I can tell you off here. Where no, I had like many of those
0: in. calls where somebody that might have been making 80, 100, 120 weekends.
4: Exactly, that was the parent and then he said that he contacted them about the PUP payment that his son was getting and they told him it's gone through, there's nothing they can do, they can't change it. His son was earning just, just on 100 quid a week. Right in college and just earning a hundred a week, and he was getting three hundred and fifty-five or something.
0: I know. I mean, you are like I can't defend that to be quite honest with you, because and I do know that a lot of them, unfortunately, are spending it on partying and and on booze but and, and what have you. Have to you.
4: pay it back. That's, that's their downfall. They're going to have to pay it back. But the problem is, I'm not so you sure about that. I, I don't
0: know. I don't know about that. They, like you, you wouldn't have to pay much of it back anyway, even if you How did. How can they
4: justify it, Neil? If you're earning hundred euros a week? Walking ten hours or fifteen hours a week. But apart from part-time,
0: time. apart from part-time students, everybody else would need three hundred and fifty euro a week to survive.
4: Exactly. Yeah. So. But if, you, if you're. No, Neil, Neil, if you're, if, I, it's not, it wasn't for students, it was people that work in part time. Normal people that work in part time hours, right? That suited them with their family life, like, and that kind of stuff. They're kids and all this kind of stuff, they were just doing a few hours a week. And they were getting the payment of 100 quid, or 120 quid, or 130 quid. They jumped to 350 quid, or 340 odd quid. When all, when all they had to do was input the person's PPS number with the revenue and find out what that person's wages were week in, week out for the previous six months and base the payment on that. Well... That's I, a, that's, that was a simple thing, Neil.
0: I, I, I guess when you put it like that, I can't disagree with it. It was emergency. It happened very quickly. They just came up with a number for everybody, you know? Like so they, that's
4: what I'm saying. Like, look how much it's out to cost in the country. But... And and then as 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 people are saying like me, they're laughing at us. The people that were getting the extra payments are laughing at us, they're saying, Ha, that's me the a boy, I ain't going to the pub the weekend. But every yeah, yeah but every week.
0: every week or every month more and more people are coming off pub and going back to work.
4: There you are, they're going back to, the, they're going back to work. They are, they're the of silver key. <laughs> 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 you know what I mean? It's, it's, it's ridiculous, Neil. It's absolutely ridiculous, like, with the payments, with the payment situation. Like I that.
0: I think when, when you're talking about people earning three times what they would have done normally, uh, a lot of those are people who have their own businesses who are getting the EWSS grant as well as everything else. That's what you're referring to.
4: Why are are, are the government still paying companies and pubs and businesses and restaurants? Why are they still paying when the staff staff are back and the staff are earning the wages?
0: Because they only have to prove that they're 30% down on their last tax return year, which probably would be 2019. If you're 30% down on your take from 2019, you get the EWSS, isn't that it?
4: That's crazy, isn't it?
0: Okay, well, let's see if other. Yeah. yeah, okay, well, maybe it's water under the bridge now. What but
4: is it? I just thought about yesterday morning because you read out an email and you, were, and, and, and you kind of raised your voice. You were kind of saying, you kind of said, like, um, where? Show me, you said, show me, show me, where are people earning three times the wages? No, because it's very, it's very and, easy and for I people. It, Jesus Christ, I thought, hang on a while, you only had a conversation last year with a few, pa- with a few parents re- relating to this, like, and that, you know, and their parents contacted the, the government, the offices, like, the relevant offices, to actually try and stop the payments that their kids were getting, like, when they weren't earning that all along.
0: I mean, I found that amazing that a, co- a parent would even call Revenue and say, you're paying my son too much, but... Well,
4: they look probably down to the future. They look down the line and thinking this can't be right, like, there's probably going to be... A precautions at the end of the year are when this finishes that you're going to have to pay back. Like, and if my son spends the money, then how is, he, how is he going to pay back the money? Like, right. He's going to pay back the okay, money. Okay,
0: let's see if there's calls or texts in not. the back of that. Thanks, Rory, as always. Have a good All weekend. Right, Cheers. Text 0868104106.
1: Talk to Neil Printerville now. Eighteen
0: fifty one
1: oh four one zero six. Red FM. Free
0: Food Friday today. Oak Fire Pizza, Real Wood Fire Pizza in Douglas, Clonacilty, Bandon, Princeton Street and Gilabi Street. And You can text or indeed you can WhatsApp App, whichever you like. Uh, text to WhatsApp 086 8104 106. Who you are and where you are. We'll have three winners, four pizzas each and two sides. We send you the vouchers. You pick up the pizza at a time that suits you. know, I was given out the helpline numbers and we continue to do so from time to time. Good news this morning, at least in this regard, because now they have launched an online service as well. So you have the helplines. But now they have an online service as well where you can um, go online, request changes if there was a spelling mistake or name change or whatever. Uh, Or if you don't want to post it and you want it emailed faster, all those kind of things. You can do that now online. The digital COVID certificate self-service online portal is covidcertificateportal.gov.ie. So covidcertificateportal, all one word, gov. Oh, well, can I just remind, because people ask me, they honestly do, and I get texts all the time, if you don't have a COVID cert, but you do have the HSC's vaccination card, is that acceptable as valid proof of vaccination, say for indoor dining or going in up and for a few, you know, a couple of pints in a pub? It is acceptable on the doors. The the COVID vaccine certificate, yes, but also the vaccine card proving uh, two doses. So, lines open at 1850, 104, 106. If I was to begin to read out the amount of texts and emails, I was chatting yesterday. Uh, it started with one call about uh, side effects. Then it became a second and the third. Now, you could say that all of those side effects are just coincidental, that they would have happened anyway. You know, um, but then I got started to get texts and I got pages and pages and pages of texts from people with regards to side effects following the vaccine. So um, I also got a call then from um, Hyperbaric Oxygen Chamber in in Bandon. And they're supposedly up the walls or at least very busy, very busier than they normal would have been. And I was curious as to whether this might have been COVID and vaccine related. Uh, so Robert Wilmot joins me by phone. Robert, good morning good morning I is, is it true to say that your numbers are up your inquiries are up and your bookings are up
5: yes we're a small unit here in Bendon we run a hyperbolic oxygen centre and uh, I suppose research going on is, at the moment now there's research going on in Queen's University and they realise that hyperbolic oxygen is very good for the healing of uh, COVID-19 okay.
0: Sorry, ok is that with regards to people's lungs is it
5: well, uh, with I suppose with COVID, you can have different. You can have joint pains. You can have headaches. Yes. Uh, respiratory problems definitely is a big one.
0: Nausea. Uh, yeah. It's like a bad flu or a bad hangover. A bad yeah, yeah. Yes. And
5: what people are finding, like fit people now that have got the COVID, what they're finding is that they think, say, after a couple of weeks that their recovery is very good. But until this, after which, uh, walking. Uh, going up hills or going up steps, going upstairs, they find that their, their breathing is giving them a problem. So into the
0: oxygen chamber they go for a period
5: of time, is that it? Well, well what, what we're recommending is from... We, look, we're a unit here in town, a voluntary unit, where there are two commercial units, in one in Dublin and one in Galway. But we're based under a, a unit in Dundee, under Professor Philip James. And and there are about, I suppose, 15 in England. And uh, in the research, what they found, we find in Bandon, we found in Bandon, I suppose, since generally that people are up with long term COVID, that when we get between 10 and 15 visits to the chamber, that they're actually going back to normality. That's long COVID. Yeah. That's long
0: COVID. No, that's long COVID. Yeah, yeah. So it it is into an oxygen chamber for a period of time.
5: Yes, you uh, you go into an oxygen chamber, uh, uh, for we pressurize it, we, we go down to one bar, which will be 33 feet, and you breathe pure oxygen for an hour, and then we depressurize it again. So we recommend between 10 and 15 visits. To That's that
0: a place. lot of visits, though, isn't it? An awful lot of
5: time. Well, it's a lot of time, but if you're out since last January and haven't been in work since last January, uh, you can do this in, uh, say, an hour and a half a day or two weeks. And is there a payment? There's a payment. Uh, if you're in a commercial unit, you can pay 120 euros a vi- uh, visit. We are a charity, we're a charity a unit here in Bandon, and we're 20 euros a visit.
0: Wow, okay. So, you know the bookings that you've been getting, say, lately? Do they all yes. mention kind of uh, COVID side effects? Oh, yes. You, you, oh yes, they, they all mention it, and uh,
5: or like we our manager Christy and Margaret they're in the chamber they're 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 running the unit, which we have uh, between sixteen and twenty volunteers.
0: And um, like, would all of the cause be COVID related side effects? No, no, no. We're, like uh, initially, this all
5: started with a uh, man in Bend, and, ben, and I said a lot of people know them, was Liam D C. Liam hilliness and used to go to Wales on holidays. This was back in the nineties. And uh, there was a chamber near his holiday home in, in Wales. And when he would just go to the chamber, then he'd go to the chamber of Jay for two weeks and he'd have great energy from it. Right. So when he came back to Bandon in about 96, he organized a little group and uh, they decided that they'd, they'd, they'd get a chamber into Bandon.
0: Okay, there's only so many hours in a day. Would I encourage people, if they wish to get in touch with you, to do so?
5: Oh yes, there's no problem at all and we try and facilitate every person that we can.
0: Yeah, but it must be on the go fairly solid like, is it? Well, we start in the morning at 9 o'clock
5: and we finish some days at 4 o'clock and we dive, what we call a dive treatment which would be 9 o'clock we'd have another one at half past 10 we'd have a one leg in at half past 12 we'd have another one at 2 o'clock.
0: Okay, alright, and uh, 20 euro... Per visit uh, and per treatment, how can people get in touch?
5: Zero two three double eight four three six seven seven. That's our number. Our BHOc
0: pendant Hyperbaric Oxygen Center. I'll share that we'll share that on Facebook and Twitter and I'll give out the number again fair play Robert listen I'll pass it on for what it's worth it can make all of the difference thanks for taking the call cheers no
5: problem that you.
0: number is 023 which is the band and prefix 23 884, 023 884 just a quick one this side of uh, 10 o'clock Tommy good morning Good morning, Neil. A fair play to you now. I mentioned the portal there, the new portal where people can do their, you know, rather than trying to on hold for hours to the helpline, they can go online, covidcertificateportal.gov.ie. Did you do that?
6: I, I done that last Friday. And uh, yes, yesterday evening, I received my new shirt. And it, uh, uh, my name, my, everybody knows me as Tommy, but my proper name on my passport was Thomas. And they changed it, and all you needed was was um, the old cert to get the number off it and send it and, and go through the the, the, uh, the website and they just walk you through it. And when you put the, new, the number in, they will tell you that you get it back in in four to five days. And you did, and I did, and I got it back.
0: But that's open to fraud, surely? Is it if somebody steals or finds your COVID cert and they change your name to their name or something? No. Uh.
6: No, because the 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 numbers well, the numbers on it, uh, uh, Neil, are exactly the same numbers as on, uh, on your original cert that the doctor has sent in. Yeah, uh, no, I'm
0: just saying if I got yours, what would stop me changing it from Tommy Crowley to to my name?
6: I I, I didn't go I didn't go going to
0: check that out, Neil. You just know that it worked and you got your certum amended within uh, four days. Within four days, yes. fantastic. And, uh, I, 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 I'm very happy with it. And had you been had you been holding on the phone for a long time?
6: Uh, three, three, three days, uh, uh, two, two hours a day, nearly.
0: Oh, for God's sake! You see, that's modern technology for it. Take it out of the phone systems and put it online, and
6: away you go. Fair uh, play. To me, it's
0: a service. Okay, well, I'm happy to pass on the uh, web address again. Cheers, Tommy. Are you going to use the cert now? What are you going to do with it?
6: I'm going to wait. I'm going to wait next year. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Put it in a drawer till next year. <laughs> Cheers Tommy, take care. Bye, All thank the best. You. You. Covet certificate portal.gov.ie
7: Hey, it's Kira. Tune in to Saturday Breakfast on Red FM from 7 a.m. and wake up your weekend with music, chats, and all that's happening in Cork. That's Saturday Breakfast on Red FM with me, Kira Revens.
0: Red FM. Free food Friday shout outs courtesy of ourselves and Oak Far Pizza. We will be picking three winners, four pizzas each with sides, around about ten minutes to midday. So good morning to everybody at Broderick's Chemist on Barrack Street, Trevor Tool Hire on Victoria Road, Cumh Secretaries would love a Friday treat. Morning to Naomi. Uh, everybody at Anglesey Street. Garda Station, O'Donovan's Life Pharmacy and Ballin- Vallifian are listening The Edge Sports Shop in the Kinsale Road CMB Kitchens are listening making kitchens all day, every day uh, would love some lunch uh, uh, This is for John who's uh, working delivering for Tesco in the Butlerstown area for himself and all the lads who deliver for Tesco Chair Artistry of Hair on George's Key are listening SBGI in Cork City Good morning to all of the staff there Joe's Edge Hair Salon, Brothers of Charity staff in the Holistic Centre. Uh, for my husband and all his colleagues in the Navy who spend so much time away from home, uh, listen to the show every day at sea, if they're within range, I suppose. Uh, Cork Distribution, Little Island, Alter Domus at the Airport Business Park, Cold Storage in Enniskeen, Sweetness Hair and Beauty, the HSE on Adelaide Street, or PC Haulage in grenada and Pro Valley in uh, Maham Point. So I'll do some more shout-outs in about a half an hour's time. And also individual ones for people who are working from home. So a couple of quick shout-outs. My husband, Darren, working from home, myself and the kids will love a treat, says Lorraine, to uh, Sarah in Passage West, pizza would be a great pick-me-up, uh, Aiden O'Mahony, Aiden O'Mahony in Kinsale is listening, who else have we got? Anne-Marie Sheehan in Waterfall, uh, and uh, we'll do some more of those across the morning, so keep in common Text... Or WhatsApp oh eight six eight one zero four one zero six. Who you are and where you are, and we'll do some more shoutouts a little later on uh, this morning. Uh, lines are open on one eight fifty one zero four one zero six. So come back to emails and texts in a few minutes' time. But from time to time, unfortunately, all too often, we deal with fraud, with fraud or we deal with cybercrime. We have people on the air. Recently, we had a very sad story of a Spanish girl in Cork who um, um, got uh, robbed. Um, who actually physically sent money overseas, a big sum, way over 10 grand, substantially more than 10 grand. But there were many others like that, of people who, um, you know, fell victim to different types of fraud. In fact, doing research on this, I came across that Irish businesses and the state uh, themselves, business and the Irish state, it's costing 3.5 billion a year, apparently. Um, that's what it's costing businesses. Now, I don't know if that actually involves individuals, but when you look at a global level, the amount of online fraud, cybercrime, people who fall victim uh, to, uh, you know, it's not always a phone call. Sometimes it can be uh, an email that you click on that is costing globally 3.7 trillion euro annually. I mean, that is a mind-boggling uh, amount of money. Uh, and, and I know that all of the banks constantly and, uh, you know, All sorts of security analysts are constantly giving out warnings to people, giving them advice on what you should do or, uh, at this stage now, I think, I think the rule of thumb is you should be, you should be suspicious of any email you receive. But enough of me. Paul O'Brien is the Bank of Ireland's group security expert um, and joins me by phone. Paul, good morning. Good morning, Neil. Is that pretty much the rule of thumb now for any email or any text that you get, you get to look at it suspiciously and think before you click?
8: I think think before you click is very good advice. Um, it, listening to you there, it, it, some of this can sound very, very scary and a little bit like how could I ever keep ahead of it or how could I ever keep on top of it? So I think it's important to keep it simple and particularly remember that you know the keys to get into your account are things like the pin that you use or the pin that you use in your card. So really, if you keep those safe, you kind of don't need to worry too much about what kind of things might happen on the other side? We'll worry about the you know that complexity uh, and we'll worry about you know trying to stop it from that end. You keep your pin space, don't give it to anybody. Nobody can get into your account at all.
0: But what if you're asked for like well, I know banks ask for some of the numbers e- even yesterday now, when I was ordering a statement, I was asked for three of the six numbers, you know.
8: Yeah, no, it's a fair point, Neil, and it, it's something that 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 we're very conscious of, and we're we're trying to look at ways that we can again simplify things for people. I think the important thing to remember, though, you mentioned emails. To be honest, we see very very little emails at the moment. It's mainly text messages and phone calls, text messages, I suppose, because we're all more likely to to you know look at our phone or, or click a message and a link, or sorry, look at a text rather than you know go off and, and look at your email or your hotmail or whatever. But on those text messages your bank will never ever send you a message with a link to a website that asks you for any of those details yes, yeah. So
0: you've got to drive the message home but the latest one now is the Department of Social Affairs or whatever they call it uh, where, right, where yeah, your yeah. PPS number has been used and the guards are going to arrest you
8: yeah, an awful lot of that going on at the moment. And there's actually a few varieties. There's, as you said, the Department of Social Protection is one. Uh, Gardy themselves, there's an awful lot of phone calls impersonating Gardy. But what's happening on these is they've been banged out in massive volume in a kind of an auto dialer sort of way. So you've got somebody sitting off in a room somewhere and they've got a machine that's just constantly dialing numbers. The vast, vast majority of people who get the calls. You know, recognize it straight away or don't even answer it. The one in a thousand or the one in ten thousand or whatever that answer is, that's what they're trying to catch. So, you know, again, your bank or any organization, the Department of Social Protection, will never ever phone and and ask you for any of those confidential well, details. Can,
0: can I ask you a question? Can I ask you a question? Fear that I'd forget. But why isn't there kind of um, a... a, a a downtime between somebody's money going out of somebody's account and landing in another person's account. Why isn't there kind of a, a cooling off period of of a few days? Because a, a, a lot of the time that people know. people realise the next day they've been scammed, but it's it's too late. Do you know what I mean?
8: I, I know what you mean, Neil, and, and you're dead right. The,
0: fraudsters are sort
8: of dependent on that that they'll catch you unawares, they'll pressure you into doing something quickly and, and yes, when by the time you, you kind of stop and think that it might be too late No, obviously the advice is stop and think up front and never ever be pressured into anything. It, it actually depend without getting into too much detail it would depend where the money goes so obviously if you're transferring money you know say within ireland or to to the bank you're with it can go an awful lot quicker and look people want that and they want the convenience and the speed of that if you're transferring money abroad obviously sometimes it can take a little bit longer but but again you know the devices don't be pressured up front and then if something does happen let your bank know as soon as possible because I... the quicker the quicker somebody knows the quicker the chance there is of, of chasing it
0: okay but does a bank not have a system where it would flag a warning absolutely we
8: do neil yeah so but again you got to think of the the volume of this stuff that's going on the volume of genuine uh, money that's been moved that's going on so you know Lots and lots of customers. We will contact and, and check and make sure that that a particular payment is is legitimate and genuine. Again, though, what the fraudsters and the criminals are trying to do is they will try and make it look as genuine as possible. So, you know, not that we're all doing it every day of the week, but if you or I transferred five hundred euro to another account in Ireland, be that like Bank of Ireland or AAP, it's Probably not going to look overly suspicious. And yeah, that, again, is what they're depending on. And of
0: course, if you've been, if you if you believe it to be a genuine thing, you're doing. Like I, I would get a text, and you will get texts from your bank saying, if you want to proceed with this transaction, punch in numbers from your PIN or whatever. But if you're believing that this is a genuine thing, um, you'll 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 do that. You'll put in the PIN and you'll send the money. Yeah, but again, those pins and
8: codes are only to you know, confirm a transaction that yeah. you were doing. So yeah. you're dead, right? Yeah. If you're if you're doing something on a website, you'll often get, you know, on that website, be it let's say Amazon or something, you'll get, you know, we're going to send you off to a, a verification page and you'll get that message from the bank with the code. Again though, we've seen cases where the fraudster will try and convince you, you know, you'll get the genuine code, but they'll try and convince you it's for something else. So again, just stop and think and be careful. Those pins and codes are only either for you to get into your bank account or to make a payment out of your bank account. So never, ever them to anybody else, yeah. no matter what the story is or why they say they need them.
0: You, you have research out, actually, that was done with Red Sea, where 60, over 60% of people said they received a fraudulent email, SMS, or call claiming to be from their bank. Nearly three-quarters regularly consider the threat of fraud when they're online. Smishing or fake texting is the most common form, which is what you said. Um, um, but when do banks pay back the money, uh, if ever, when somebody realises they've been conned? Do you? Do banks ever pay it back?
8: Well, so I suppose our first priority is that we never get to that point. Yeah. So, you know, we want to make people aware of this, we want to stop it happening. If, if something does happen, and look, it does unfortunately in a number of cases, our next priority is to, you know, chase that money and we recover you know, the vast, vast majority of money that's sent, we recover. Now, I would say to people, if they're careful... You know, all of these cases, if unfortunately they get to that point, would be looked at on a on a case by case basis. But if people are careful and if they, you know, don't give away their information, they're not going to be caught out. You know, there are some cases, and we would see, for example, you know, card fraud, credit card
0: fraud, where somebody
8: you'll pay that back faith, though, won't
0: you? If my credit card is stolen,
8: yeah, in in good faith, you know, somebody will have bought something on a perfectly legitimate website, and if that website is compromised in some way, you know, you or I who used our card on that website you know we've done absolutely nothing wrong so obviously that's that's not something that, that we could expect somebody to, to you know take responsibility for but again it's it's in general Neil it's about being safe yeah. it's about particularly keep, keeping those pins and codes safe and never giving them to anybody as I said no matter who they say they are no matter what their story
0: is but I so the message really is uh, you know, never get to that stage. You know, I think it was um didn't I read somewhere there recently where um the cybercrime expert Professor Mary Aiken said zero trust is the principle. Never trust, always verify when it comes to all online activity. Like if you're unsure, um not they even but some of these fraudsters even use legitimate banks numbers. So you you check a number and it looks right. You know? Yeah, I and, and not just
8: banks. So again, going back to the you mentioned the environmental social protection or the Guardi and even some of those phone calls, the Guardi will say they'll pop up on somebody's phone with, you know, the local Garda station number. Unfortunately it's it's relatively easy to do that. But again, you know, it's about being being careful and, you know, stopping and thinking. There's there's a there's a really nice um you know, fraud campaign that happens across the water, and, and the, the the kind of tagline on it is "is take five In other words, stop. Take five minutes. Have a cup of tea, and kind of think. I know. Hang on. Now, the guards aren't going to phone me and say, you know, my out of the blue, and say that my PPS number has been has been involved in crime, and I'm going to be arrested. Yeah, you know, know and hey, yeah. it's really. Yeah. I know, but they do. You see, the, 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 people, the
0: people panic. They
8: freeze. They just I, yeah, completely. yeah. And and it's it's really easy to get caught up in that in the heat of the moment. I mean, I should know better because I'm working in this, and I've got those calls. And you do find, for ten seconds, you're you're kind of thinking, "Oh my God, what's happened here?
0: What have I done?" The fear, yeah, yeah,
8: the fear, yeah, exactly. But again, about stop, think, take a second. You know, stand back and go. Hang on, no, you know. And remembering those key pieces of information, your bank will never ever text you or call you and
0: ask for your PIN or your online calls. Nor will the guards you know, or anyone
8: like that. And nor will the, the app like yeah, or the Department of Social Protection or the guards or anybody like that. No. Never going to ask
0: you That's that, not anything. the way these things work. So do you think finally, do they will ever catch up with this kind of fraud and cybercrime or is it always going to be with us? Will there ever be enough technology? To defeat it, look.
8: It, there's always going to be some level of it, and and you know, in some senses, it's it's just the latest version of what's always been there. You know, thirty, forty years ago, there were people you know running into banks with masks over their heads. Now, an awful lot of that is online, so there'll always be some element of it. Uh, the bit, you know, I know when you read about it and hear about it, it can sound a bit scary sometimes, and that's you know really part of what we're trying to do is to say to people, look, don't worry too much about that. You're still in control of this. You know, you have your PIN, you have your codes. Keep those safe and you'll
0: be absolutely fine. Okay, okay. So the message is take five, isn't it? That is exactly, this. Okay, mind yourself. Thanks, Paul. And and, and just mind yourself. Thanks Thanks for taking the call. Cheers. Paul O'Brien, Bank of Ireland Group, a security expert again. Don't, I mean, it's easy to say because we do panic and we do get the fear and the anxiety sets in. Oh, my God. Uh, but if you even like I played one of the calls for you there 10 days ago, I think it was important to play that call. And uh, if anybody else sends me any other ones that they record, I will play them as well. Because when you actually sit back as a third party observing, you just hear the call and they're so bad and unbelievable. But unfortunately, in the moment, being caught by surprise, and as Paul just said there, if they get one in a thousand or one in ten thousand to answer and, uh, you know, to talk them through with parting ten, twenty or thirty grand or even whatever your life savings can be, that's a great job for them. Job well done. Back after the break. The Neil Prenderville Show on Twitter at Neil Red FM, Big shout-out to Holly Davis. We want to wish her all the best for tomorrow, Saturday. She's 16 years old, and she's off to Bulgaria to represent Ireland in the Double Skulls Under-19 World Rowing Championships. She's a local girl from Balancholic. Best wishes, and good luck to you, Holly. Now, a few emails, and literally, I just couldn't begin to go through the amount of people who got in touch with regards to vaccine reactions. I don't mean to be the scaremonger here, but lots and lots of texts. Just a few emails and uh, we'll get back to calls then. I got the Pfizer vaccine back at the start of the year. I was delighted to be able to get it, says Rich. Around a week after having my first dose, I started to feel a numbness on my left side of my legs, arms and face. It was a bit unnerving. I was tested for COVID, came back negative. I also had an MRI scan, showed nothing. They thought my symptoms were unlikely to be from the vaccine, but stressed they couldn't know that for sure. They also couldn't rule out if I could have been asymptomatic COVID prior to receiving the first jab, but we'll never know any of that. Anyway finally I went for the second jab a little later than usual and started to experience a tingling in my tongue within a few hours then I got issues relating to vertigo, exhaustion, numbness and tingling sensations I've been back and forth between GPs to cut a long story short they have now diagnosed it as post vaccine reaction even now I'm still not where I was prior to 2021. I still get very fatigued, I have migraines I was a very energetic person before this, but apparently time is the only really real healer. They call it uh, post vaccine reaction. Is that? Is that an equivalent to long COVID, I wonder? Um, Heine, my father is a 63-year-old man, hardworking all his life, lived for driving the roads, fine and healthy, no issues. Long story short, he received his second AstraZeneca vaccine. Within 24 hours of getting it, he had suffered two facial seizures. He was rushed to hospital and is now in ba- is banned from driving trucks for 10 years and also banned for driving a car for one year. Driving is his life, and now his livelihood is gone. No wonder people get mental health problems and depression. This government is a joke. Um, and then one more here. Let me have a look at this one. Uh won't go to that yet. Okay. You had a woman on the phone yesterday coming on complaining about getting sick after getting the vaccine. She said, what the hell did they put in my body? I have a couple of points to make about this, this Ty. First of all, she volunteered for the vaccine. So it's not as if she was held down and they injected her. Also, it sounds to me like she actually has COVID. I think some people forget they can still get COVID after getting vaccinated. So there's a chance she could be sick. And it sounds like she has COVID. But she's blaming the vaccine because it's the popular thing to do. I've received both shots of Pfizer absolutely no side effects just a sore arm funny enough i had a sore arm when i got the flu last year as well i got vaccinated not because i don't think i'll get covid now but because i don't think because i do because if i do get it it won't be severe and i won't die i think people forget that the shots are to protect you from dying and getting terribly sick not prevent you from getting COVID. You'll always get those few people who have side effects, but I bet there are millions of people that are good as gold after it. Let's not have three or four people's stories of side effects be the main story here, says Tyke. Well, <laughs> there's a lot more than three or four I can tell you, but anyway. um I've suffered... Um, I emailed you previously about the effects I've suffered since receiving the Pfizer vaccine, the second dose. My symptoms are ongoing. Last Sunday, I took a turn for the worse. I developed chest pains and a pain in my jaw. Phone South Doc. They rang an ambulance as a matter of urgency as they believed I was having a heart attack. After waiting for three hours, that's another story, the ambulance arrived and I was taken to the Mercy where I spent the night. It wasn't a heart attack, but it is certainly something going on with my heart. Again, as mentioned in my other email, I was fit and healthy prior to receiving the jabs. 43-year-old woman who's now a prisoner in her own body. Since my first email, I've blacked out coming down the stairs. Another day I went to the shop and literally had to crawl on my hands and knees home. I didn't have the strength to stand. Why are the HSC, Neffet, the government and mainstream media not publishing these stories? Uh, I know I am not the only person who continues to suffer, says Jackie. Then I received an email from David regarding vaccinating the under 18s. But his wife, partner, joins me by phone. Fiona, good morning.
9: Hi, good morning, Neil.
0: Uh, And he sent me uh, attachments as well with regards to side effects regarding uh, COVID-19 and the different vaccines. But rather than read out the email, thank you. You're going to share the story instead. So go ahead.
9: Um I suppose it started once they started rolling out the vaccine, and both myself and Dave decided to take the vaccine on the premise that it would increase the we we'll say the numbers or the percentages of the population, so that you know the kids wouldn't have to worry about getting it or parents wouldn't have to worry and then as the time went on, it just became clear that you know, the age brackets were changing and that kids would be encouraged to get it.
0: Yeah, and now we're talking about twelve to fifteen year olds. Does that yes. do you think there are many parents who are concerned by that?
9: Um I think yes, I do. I do. Based on conversations we've had, based on different friends, family um, yes, I do think there are concerns, and I don't. I don't think it's vaccine hesitancy. I don't think it's anti-vax. I don't think it's anything like that. I do believe that people have genuine questions, and they want genuine answers to them before they make, you know, consented decisions for their children.
0: Yeah, but surely it's about trust, is it? That people who don't want to take it don't trust it.
9: Um, well, I, I don't believe that it's. Just primarily trust Neil. I believe that you know we had to go investigating ourselves. You know, just to make sure that we're making informed decisions based on this new vaccine, based on how it's being rolled out, um, and just for the safety of our own children. So, on it, we did contact a number of different TDs, and um, just to get the government stance on it. And um, two TDs came back to us. Two didn't. And. Um, then they were our local TVs. Then we decided, okay,
0: we just check government website. And who did come back, and who didn't?
9: Okay, so we sent it to people for profit. McBarry, he didn't. We sent it to Sinn Fein. Thomas Gould, he didn't. And um, Fina Patrick O'Sullivan did, and Cullen Burke, Finagale did.
0: And the two that did, did they tell you not to worry, or what did they tell you?
9: well the two that did they just kind of they just responded with just a basic email okay. just saying, okay. you know they did. Okay. but your birth did say he would investigate and come back to us and we're still waiting and on what, to what to is your back.
0: fear part of the email that David said to me said I fear now that it won't be long before it becomes law that kids will have to be vaccinated in order to attend schools or play sport do you believe that I do
9: I do I feel that what's happening is there is a divide and anybody, uh, what my, my personal opinion is that if I'm to ask a question or if I'm to just even, you know, question the the efficacy of this for children, um, straight away I'm shut down. I'm not allowed. But why
0: it. should it be any different to a thriving, young, healthy child or teen?
9: Well, it's not. Well, like based on the HSE website, um, which we did scroll down through, they do have a section there for parents. And the section is headed, deciding to vaccinate. So if you go down through that, it says that it's one in, one in 16,000 boys within that age, back at 12 to 17, 12 to 18, have a chance of myocarditis. What's that? And it's, one, it's kind of an inflammation of the heart walls.
0: One in 16,000?
9: One in 16,000 boys. And it's one in 100,000 girls. Now, the chances of them being hospitalised as a result of COVID is 1 in 100,000. But what if
0: all vaccines always came with those kind of statistical warnings, that there's nothing new in that?
9: Um, Well, my own children are vaccinated with everything they need to be today. This is a different vaccine. This is a vaccine that is a virus that isn't isolated. This is a vaccine that is a new technology. This is a vaccine that has been rolled out on mass scale across the world. The side effects are, are now becoming known. We don't know the long term effects of it. Um, and this is not like, um, this is not technology that I I'm aware that I know anything about it. Okay. I know nothing about it. So
0: you and David did it for the greater good of the community. Yes, um, absolutely. But that's absolutely. not a price you want or a risk you want to take for your no, children. However, it's did it's either not- of you have any side effects?
9: Um, I I do. I do. Now, nothing major, but I do. You know, I have this terrible rash um, all over. Um, it's an underskin rash. Um, and I've had it for I mean as long as I've had the second job which is a couple of months. Um yeah and, and
0: you think that's related, yeah?
9: It is, yeah. It is, yeah.
0: You you it you is. you know it to be, is it?
9: Well I don't know it to be, but you know, I mean I have been to the doctor, he has kind of explained that this, you know, could be a reaction. There's no underlying reason as to anything else. Um it is kind of like we say I had it now about eight weeks.
0: And do you see so. ra- do you see rash as one of the uh, side effects experiences for any of them?
9: It can be. Yeah.
0: Oh, actually, it, be. Or it is. Yeah, I see it here for AstraZeneca.
9: Um, no, I'd find it.
0: Okay, well, I can check that as well. It's probably in no. that also. And and is yeah. it just a case of yeah? It is there actually. It's one That's in a thousand people will develop yeah. a rash, uh, or may develop a rash, I should say. And will that pass?
9: Apparently, but there's no time scale. Do you know it's it's. Um there's no time scale on it There's no. it
0: could be gone tomorrow it could be there for another 3 months so with your one it's itchiness, uh, rash swelling of the lymph mm-hmm. glands, sleeplessness uh, 1 in yes. 10,000 Bell's palsy um, interestingly people who have facial fillers may develop yeah. swelling of the face, it's 1 mm-hmm. one in 10,000 but I guess nobody wants to be the 1 in 10, 1 in a 1,000 or 1 in 10,000 isn't it the case, yeah
9: well, yeah. I mean, I suppose just with regards to the safety and the efficacy for children, you know, they're not they're not affected by this virus. They're not they're, They they there's no deaths, accord, um, attributed to this virus. You, you think there virus.
0: isn't any need if the vast majority of the population are vaccinated to be bothering not vaccinating? Right kids?
9: No, yeah. no. Mm-hmm. I really I really feel that you know, and and I feel that the coercion is coming from our community. You know, at this stage, it's it's like um, you know the adult population have a responsibility to look after the younger population, and I just I just don't feel the government are listening. I just don't think they're taking on board the concerns that parents actually do have.
0: Well, I'm happy to talk to more parents. They have come out and said that no child child will be prevented from going to school or anything like that. Uh, come yeah. September if they're not vaccinated. But yeah. you're saying that that's fine, but they're liable to change their mind, is it?
9: Well, I, yeah, I, I, do feel, I do feel that pressure will change their mind. Yeah. And I do feel that, you know, it'll be a kind of, um, there will be. I mean, we've already seen it within the adult, we've already seen it within the adult population, you know, people saying, are you vaccinated? I mean, it's a discussion that's on the tip of everybody's tongue. And it's nobody's business whether somebody is or isn't.
0: Yes, but it will and never be. It will never be compulsory.
9: I don't know, yeah. I really don't. <laughs> I mean, like, I, I don't know how far. How like we've already, you know, both myself and David have our COVID passes, and I don't know. I don't know how far. And um, it all depends on, like, from my, my belief and our belief and yes.
0: our uh, Well, listen, I know that. And uh, who would have thought two years ago that we'd be asked for a QR code or a certificate to go Absolutely. into certain places indoors? I know. Yeah. Yeah.
9: yeah. yeah. And I just, you know, I just think for the future, for our kids, um we just owe them, you know, this isn't, this isn't FDA or EMA approved. It's got emergency approval at the moment. And um, they, it looks like that they'll push it out to 2023 until there's more data gathered and etc. So,
0: you know what's saving lives? You know that we are not hearing of deaths. I won't keep you much longer, but you, I, you do I, realise I, that, don't you?
9: Absolutely. I, I, mean, I, I mean, I know exactly the efficacy of the vaccine. I, I, totally, I totally get that the vaccine is bringing down, you know, deaths. But it's also the vaccine, also this, this transmissibility with, with the vaccine. You know, vaccinated or giving it to the vaccinated, vaccinated or giving it to the unvaccinated. You know, it, it it's not stopping transmission. So
0: yes, but right it now, turns it, it turns it into a flu. It does, you know? yeah. yeah it no, does, need so ICU, no need for ICU. No need for.
9: But there's no death. need for the, the flu for kids if they get it at all. There's no need for ICU for kids if they get it at all. There's no need for vaccine. Um. There's no need for vaccine worries with regards to side effects.
0: You know. So why vaccinate kids if the rest of the population are vaccinated, or are the vast majority of them? Okay. Absolutely. Okay. Let me let me get some more calls in there, But thank you so much. It was good to catch up. Thanks, Fiona. Lovely. Thank
9: you,
0: Neil. Cheers. Uh, and standing by. First up, Mary. Good morning.
9: Um, hi, Neil. How are you?
0: Thanks for holding. Apologies. You start your text by saying I'm not anti-vaxer. Um, mm, indeed, you are yes, totally vaccinated. Yes, I'm, I have no
10: problem. But I just.
0: Had, um, my daughter sent her vaccination. Are you on a speakerphone Mary? Apologies No. Okay, no. carry on yeah. Yeah. So
10: um, my daughter would have got her vaccination because she got a job in Dublin in, um, and she got bailed party now I don't know if that connected I don't know was it the stress of leaving home, I don't know but you know it's no harm for people to know that you know, they're this could happen look I mean she was unlucky Um, but um, yeah that's what happened to her and then she was on steroids and she got allergic reaction from the steroids and ended up on antibiotics but she's fine now again today
0: so this uh, this is muscles in the face isn't it
10: yes it was like a stroke um, her left side of her face Um, she couldn't move it no feeling in her ear cheek eye socket uh, her chin her lips
0: it's paralysis, like isn't it?
10: Yes, all complete. Yes, yes.
0: Um, my God, she must have been horrified. You must have been horrified. Was it soon? So was it? Was it soon after a jab? Ten days. And what? Uh, what vaccine was it? Pfizer. And has it improved?
10: She's fine. No, she's fine. Everything is cleared up, and she's fine. I mean, she she is good. But um. Yeah, uh, I did ask the 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 GP, you know, was this maybe vaccination-related, and they felt no, it wasn't. But, you know, maybe it was, maybe it wasn't, we're never going to know.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, people, I'm assuming that people do take some time to read the side effects, and the Pfizer-BioNTech has a side effect of one in 10,000 people may develop Bell's palsy. Well,
10: she may have been the one.
0: Others would say it was, others would say perhaps that it was just coincidence. Oh, exactly. Yeah,
10: and and, and it, 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 you know, more than likely was.
0: But, but then again, you could say that it more than likely wasn't.
10: You see, we don't know. And what was um, the treatment then?
0: Well, obviously, she must have got treatment for it.
10: She did. She was on sixty-five milligrams of steroids for twelve days, and it cleared up. It cleared up within when she came off the steroids. Um, she got a crazy rash, head to toe. So I thought it was bed bugs.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no I, mean, mother.
10: I was like, what are you living in in Dublin? And
0: no mother would want to what that on a child who's just moved out, uh, living with other people she came, in sheets yeah. and uh, duvets. And yeah. was it after her first or second job? First. Right, so did she get a second?
10: She did. And, and like that when... She went in to get the jab, you know. She has nothing to do with the vaccination, you know. She was got jabbed and she was, she was taking steroids and she had her jab, her second jab. But, um,
0: she must have she, been worried about the second one.
10: She never knew. She just put it down to bad luck that she got Bell's Palsy. She never thought I had maybe a connection. So it's just when I heard. This this morning I was like, oh, I wonder. There you go. Is there is you go. Has right. anything but like? But I mean, I'm everybody to themselves. Um, but look, I, I she could have been that one or she could be just that one that was unlucky yeah
0: either the one that was unlucky or the one in 10,000 yeah. yeah yeah okay
10: we, right. we won't know but you know she hasn't lost her looks because like, I said to her when she was walking in, the, in where she was I said she looked her friend you have your mask no one can see you and she was like oh typical mother
0: <laughs> she, she had typical mother She you always have the other side of your face what are you worried about typical mother i oh,
10: just keep the mask well tucked up you know those <laughs> masks suit a lot of people <laughs>
0: She'd probably say, oh, for God, take, care, take care, take care, take care. One of the latest ones now for uh, teens and 20-somethings is, would you please let me live my life? I love that one. That's a stopper, isn't it? Back after the break.
1: Text the Neil
0: Brendaville Show
1: now. 86 106 Red FM.
0: Morning. All caller there. Just chatting with Brenda a while ago. Couldn't come on air. Says that she works in uh, healthcare. Says she has, she was more or less forced to, to get the vaccine. Her job as a carer would have been in jeopardy if she didn't take it. Mandy is standing by. First up. Anne, good morning.
11: Good morning, Neil. You're
0: not very happy with me, I think, is it? No, I'm not
11: very happy with you at all, for okay. the first time ever. Okay. I think you do great work, especially for the poor.
0: So I shouldn't be talking about the side effects of the vaccine? No,
11: I think you're giving the anti-vaxxers um, a platform. They're delighted with you, I'd say. Mm-hmm.
0: What about all of the what, what about all of the calls, the emails, and I haven't even started to read out the texts from people, um, and, and I will read out some more who have suffered side effects.
11: Do you think it's all in the mind? Don't know. And I don't that know. They're you know they're nervous going first, and then they come and they think
0: they have. Um, No, I mean, a lot of them are from, a lot of them are from women who have issues with menstruating and periods. Uh, More are, like, for instance, very heavy bleeding and clots in agony at home. Um, More than are people who are drained, totally exhausted. More are people with vertigo as a side effect. One day, the next day they're fine. The day after they're back again. Uh, Bell's palsy we just spoke about there. Uh, many, as I said, I'm just flicking through them, many to do with uh, oh, enormous f- swelling of the face the day after the vaccine. I mean, many of these are side effects that, that clear up, but they're they're side effects nonetheless, you know. Chest palpitations. They're
11: reversible.
0: Yeah, but chest palpitations. Even this, breathing,
11: radio, this um, heart inflammation, that's reversible.
0: Uh, Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, I know. I'm I'm just going through something here, just chest palpitations, aches, pains in the legs. um, uh, you, you, You think it could be anxiety?
11: I do. I do. My husband is 80 and I'm 74. Okay. We were locked in for a year. My daughter kindly did our groceries. And then we started click, doing click and collect. But when we got the uh, vaccine, we were
0: totally
11: free. So we can go out with masks and life is back again. Yeah.
0: I said that many times, actually, that the vaccine has saved lives and has made people who would have got very sick sick. Um, mild symptoms instead when they got COVID. I mean, I have said that many times, Yeah. But I don't want to be muzzling people either who have a story to tell about the side effects of taking it. That wouldn't be fair, well, I don't think. One or two
11: yesterday, they were classic cases of
9: stress. Mm. Maybe three. Mm.
0: So the vaccine for you was freedom.
11: Freedom. Yeah. Yes. And also for my husband, who's
0: an asthmatic, by the way. Yeah, so he would have been um, very high risk. He would. Yeah. Yeah. Grace says, "Oh, Neil, what are you doing? Why are you giving these anti-vaxxers a platform? You've just had someone talking about the slow rollout of the Australian vaccination, and you said how lucky we are here. Now you've scared anyone not va- not vaccinated into not getting vaccinated. It is silly and irresponsible."
11: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. There's another one just like you.
11: Yeah, yeah. I think Neil, you should cut it off. Okay.
0: Or okay.
11: Cut All it right. down or something. All right. Because it's scaring people.
0: You could well have and a valid point. I do
11: point. enjoy your show, yeah. and I think you're very, very good to people.
0: Okay. Okay. Well, thank you for you that. You
11: know when they're in in um, right. trouble. Okay. But Scaring
0: people off the vaccine isn't done. Well, that's not my intention. It's just to try and work out what kind of side effects there are. And maybe that would help people to realize that in some cases there could be a side effect, you know, and just trying to look at the positive. Yeah, yeah. Okay, all right. Thanks, Anne. Appreciate it. Bye bye. Bye. Take care of yourself and your husband as well. Mandy, good morning.
12: Hi Neil, actually you're doing a very good job of balancing the whole thing out
0: Yeah, Um, but there's a valid argument there that uh, all it possibly will do reading out reams and reams of texts of people
12: Well, I've got a weak immune system and if I had caught it, it would have killed me really, and I've never smoked and I've had lung problems since um, I believe I had it before they even came up with it in March last year or the year before Have you always had lung issues? No, no, no! I never did. I never smoked. Or my husband came back from the UK, Christmas before last. He had the flu. My son is in the navy. He he got the flu, and they got over it. I ended up with A&E on New Year's Eve. I, God, I can't even think of the year now because I can't even think straight anymore. Since, um, and I. I couldn't breathe and I was begging them for like, I was saying, can you give me oxygen or something? Please?
0: When when was this? During COVID? This
12: was, it was, it was before, it was, it was the, the, the Christmas before COVID came on. Okay. Martin.
0: Winter, winter okay. flu.
12: Yeah. They, they, that's what they told me. They said it was, you with a bad flu. Go home or you'll get something worse. And I said, what could be worse than this? You know. And so, so yeah, I'm here, oh, do you know I'm
0: hearing respiratory issues there with you as you speak? Yeah, I can
12: yeah, hear that. yeah, yeah. You can hear. Yeah, my lung is damaged. I've had three bronchoscopies last year.
0: But what's that? Is how how is that connected to COVID or a vaccine?
12: It, because it damages your lungs, and I had an anti. I went to the um, the the, um, the bone secure, and they did an antibody test, and they found that there was a COVID in my
0: system. So you think you had early COVID?
12: I did I had early covid and if I, if I've the later I I'm I'm suffering still from it like
0: okay it describes um, your monster speech. headaches um still oh, the
12: headaches no, I, blood blood clots uh, nosebleeds um can't breathe uh, you know I can't breathe properly do you and have an issue like, do you have an I'm issue
0: do you, do you have coordination issues driving
12: I, I do and i and, and and actual fact you know it's it's weird how you're asking me that because after I got the second job, um I came home and I was driving my car into my drive and I drove straight to a wall. I couldn't see uh, my vision just completely went.
0: but you could have an um, il- you could have illness that is not related to COVID at all
12: well well no because i'm i'm seen by hepatologists and all those kind of doctors up in cuh they know my you know you know, but have, you have, know,
0: any you down, have any of them put it down? Have well, any of them put it down too?
12: Well, my husband sent them a really uh, an email, and they they said, "Look, that that job was um, stopped for uh, people who have blood issues, which have low platelets, very low platelets." And they said, "Yeah, but that was up, stopped again, and uh, she can have no again. She's okay. fine. They never took, uh, you know, they never, and but they, yet they kept me in for five days." And did uh, brain scans and uh, lung colour issues, and uh, some speech and therapy. I lost my voice for five months. I was, sorry, nine months. I couldn't speak. I, I, uh, my
0: voice just went. But they must have given I, you I, an, a diagnosis.
12: They they, 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 would, they wouldn't, because they'd have had to admit, like that okay, they obviously gave yeah, me yeah, the wrong yeah. jab.
0: The wrong jab.
12: They they did because they the Astrazeneca wasn't suitable for gotcha. people low with places. low platelets. Yeah yeah,
0: yeah,
12: yeah, yeah, yeah. So they couldn't they couldn't actually come out and say it. Like, you know. And are you get and Are you improving at all? I I'm not. To be honest with you, my energy is has never been the same. And I go horse riding and I've horse and and I've been to animal rescue. I I can't and I I'm afraid to drive the car. Because like I get this blank uh, over my eyes, like like um, like a uh, vision. Um, I'm I, I finding it hard to explain it. No need to be honest, uh, but it's like a blur. Yeah, it's, it's I can focus. They're focusing. Yeah, I can't focus. Yeah, I can't. I can't. I mean, I drove into the front of our wall after the second one. I, I asked them, if, I said, will you give me the Pfizer instead? And they said, no, we can't mix them. And I said, but they, you can, because, you know, and, and they said, no, you'll have to take it now or leave it. And I said, well, I've got to take the first one, so I might as well take the second one as well. You know?
3: Okay, okay.
11: And
12: well, I well. I have been right since, and, like, my breathing is really bad. I I told you I've never smoked. I've never had asthma was. Anything, and I haven't been right since I took that first job.
0: Post vaccine reaction. And
12: I, and I, can e- I can I can email in the the um, the letter that my husband sent to the hospital, and the reaction that we got back from them. I can send that in to you. Feel free.
0: Yeah, do that. Do that. Okay. Yeah, I will. Okay.
13: Yeah, right. I can do that.
12: Thank right. you.
0: Thanks, Mandy. Sinead, Good morning.
13: How are you doing? I'm good, and you? I'm good. I'm okay. good. I'm. I suppose I was listening there in regards to people worried about the the children getting. That's exactly
0: Fiona's conversation around. regarding our kids. Yeah.
13: Yeah. Exactly. And I mean, and listen to Anne and and Mandy there. You know, you just kind of have to weigh it up from my perspective, and I and I I echo um, and comments about you know you you are trying to give everybody uh, a chance, but uh, I know she felt that you're you're giving the anti-vaxxers, so to speak, and I use that term lightly, um, a little bit too much airtime, but I actually do think you're giving a good balance. For me, I'm looking at uh, like uh, Neil. I have an events company, and we're running a children's festival next week, uh summer thing. And, like, we've taken on, like, we're keeping the numbers very small because we want to make sure the kids have a really enjoyable time. The kids have suffered immensely throughout all of this, as well as the elderly, as well as the vulnerable, as well as all of us. And what I was kind of looking at is this idea that which is which is worse, you know, for that one child that might get COVID, who might get very sick from COVID and possibly worse or to give a vaccine to a child who may get a side effect, which is treatable. That's where I'm kind of a little bit, I, I, I can't understand the, the the thought process. Even if you are a parent and you're like, well, I don't want to risk my child, but are you not risking your child? by not giving them the vaccine. And also,
0: is there also the added issue of that uh, this is another step on the path to full recovery and full opening up where, you know, you exactly, can... Exactly, Where, yeah. where, we, can, I mean, where we can all mix again and ultimately without yeah, masks and you can put it. on your events for kids.
13: Yeah, exactly. And I mean, like what we're hearing from parents are like, you know, that they're signing up for summer thing, they're just... They're so relieved that their kids have something to do to feel socialized again. To feel like they can have fun, and it's not being stopped by this big bad word, the COVID. Yep. Do you know what I mean? And it's—I I think you know—from the very from the very get-go in Ireland, we were very, very good at the "in it together" and the hashtag was being used on social media, and there was a lot of that. And I look—I mean, we don't have to agree with every decision the government made, but at the same time. We've still handled it as best as we can. It's the first time we've ever had to deal with something like this at this level.
0: Oh, well, we didn't handle yeah. well. We didn't handle the nursing homes. There was a lot of aspects that we didn't handle well. but well, no, that's hindsight
13: yeah. and okay. I, I do, I do take that. Um, but for for me, looking at it, if you just take that step back, and the in it together also includes kind of putting the shoulder behind the wheel, like
0: so. We need to okay, okay in, it inv- in, in it together. In it in together includes twelve to fifteen year olds.
13: It does,
10: okay. really, you know. Okay, i got about,
0: I got about 30 seconds. Do you call that summer sing? is it?
13: ie is the website if you'd want to check it out.
0: And but if, if parents want them. to sign up for that, what's the deal there?
13: Yeah, they can just go online onto the website. It's the one one form they can fill out, and it just makes sure that uh, they understand that we are literally taking every precaution necessary, because for us, the welfare of the child, but mentally... And what is the event? ...is important. So they're going to be learning how to sing we have Roland Houlahan who's the musical director of the Cork Opera at Panto I've Sarah Moriarty from the Montford Performing Arts as lead choreographer and as Clut Clet Ford who's a children's entertainer Doing games and lots of fun stuff, and we're actually going to teach them also graffiti. Street
0: and is it across the as day, as well? or are there different we're sessions? We're doing
13: it Monday to Friday, at nine till three every day. Um, we're doing it, down in the Marina Market, which is technically an outdoor space that's fully ventilated. <laughs> huge, okay.
0: huge I, I know, I've, I've been there; it's I've good.
13: Part of everything Neil. Uh, and I'm like, Is there a cost? I, I determined. There is a cost, and uh, there's various costs available, and they're all it's all listed on the website. So it's just summerthing.ie. Okay. Okay, um, so If people want to give the kids a little bit of a breather before they have to go back to school and maybe they're worried about all of that as well, you know, this is a safe way for them to get back all to right. socialising and making friends.
0: Thanks, Sinead. Right. Take care. Right, Anybody kids. wants to sign up to that one? www.summersing.ie.
1: Hi, it's Killian
0: here. Weeknights from 10 with new music,
1: some flashbacks, and a bit of chit chat as well. That's The Late Shift with me, Killian, on Quarks Red FM.
0: Officially Ireland's Music Station of the Year. Okay. A free Food Friday, courtesy of ourselves and Oak Farm Pizza, and you can text who you are and where you are to 0868 Also, remember we have two sets of family passes to give away for Photo Wildlife Park. Uh, didn't get to it yesterday, so we're doing a double whammer today. Two family passes for Photo. and again, I'll tell you some more about that uh, a little later and open the phone lines for it. But some shout-outs while we're here. All Care Pharmacy and Wilton are listening this morning. Good morning to all the con shop in Groner Brauher, Murphy's Transport on the Bannerlock Road, Nightline Delivery Drivers in Little and Doyle Shipping Group in Tivoli. Shop in Cork.ie would love a munch. Paddy Murray Auctioneers and Bandon are listening. Container storage and repair in the Tivoli Industrial Estate are also on board this morning. Uh, Barter, Barter's Travel Net in the Old Market in Bandon. Twilight Morning to John. How are you, John? Twilight News in Patrick Street, Paul Street in the bus station. Great coffee there. Uh, and also, as a lovely text actually came in saying, I'd love some lunch to be delivered to St. Elizabeth's, just behind St. Mary's Church in Passage West, for the family and friends of our beloved father, Conn. They have a long day ahead of them, and it would be lovely if they had some good food to eat when they get a chance. And that's from a heartbroken passage resident by the name of Anne Quirk. So good morning to you, Anne. Uh, also, morning working from home. I've been through the whole pandemic as a full-time carer. Pizza would be fantastic. Another one for my sister and kids visiting from Galway. The are due to back soon, so a pizza party showcasing Cork's finest takeaway would be Fantastic. Um, second vaccine hit me like a bus yesterday my mother's coming down to visit me and my partner and colleague this evening I'm in no shape to cook so Oak Fire pizza would be amazing says Ross so we'll do some more shoutouts again between now and midday text who you are and where you are to 0868104106 I work for a manufacturing company during the pandemic last year we were put on a wage subsidy even though we had more work than ever nearly one third more work than previous years I can tell you Then this year we all received tax bills due to being on a wage subsidy and our employer isn't one bit liable. Surely this is wrong. Now I'm beginning to think that instead of just balancing the books, they may have benefited from all of this. Why aren't all the subsidy schemes being properly explained? We're the ones, the workers, who eventually will have to pay it back. Uh, That's quite interesting because I'm wondering how many companies actually did better and how are you able to do that? Get EWSS grants, put the staff on um, you know, uh, pop payments or furlough payments and actually thrive in business. Not to judge the publican that made the silly statement. It's more to do with the figures that were quoted. This is the silver Key story. I tuned in late to the show, but I did know this much. When someone has drink on board, we all make statements which we exaggerate. As I said, I'm not judge here. There isn't one person who is willing to judge another. can honestly say that they haven't done something wrong themselves. I've heard so many hypocrites, I can tell you, since the start of all of this COVID, says Pat. Um, Anthony says, it never ceases to amaze me how toxic people can be. The publican who's been tried by social media is the perfect example. He apologized, he made a mistake, who hasn't and will again. Uh, all these people, perfect people, who clearly never made a mistake in their lives, will never, will never cease to amaze me. I never know we had so many perfect people in society. To make it worse, they are so bitter, toxic and angry. They're accusing you of being a pal and doing a cover-up. I'm sure I'll be accused of all sorts now if you read out this email. I'm not a pal, actually. Don't know the man and I am not involved in a cover-up. Um, I would also like, love some advice from all of these perfect people. I've made plenty of mistakes in my life and I'm sure I'll make more. It's called being human, a human being. I always believe in the saying, every time you point your finger at someone, there's three pink fingers pointing back at you. If these people can physically lift their hand off their device, even for a moment, and point their index fingers they'll know what I mean says Anthony it's an excellent text and there's email I should say and there's those and lots more besides and I'll come back to them throughout the course of the morning can I please wish uh, Liz and Joe Barrett a happy 50th wedding anniversary for tomorrow they had a bit of a bash planned but they're putting on hold putting it on hold for now owing to the death of their beloved friend Father Khan Tafric much obliged to you nice to hear from you down passageway I know you're all hurting down there I know you're all sorrowful, but at the same time, happy 50th wedding anniversary to Liz and to Joe. Back after the break.
1: This is the Neil Prenderville Show. Tweet the show at Neil Red FM, 104 to 106 Red
0: FM. Neil, regarding Mandy's conversation, she was talking about Christmas 2019 into the new year 2020. And you must recall that Christmas, people were very sick with what they thought was an incredibly bad flu. It was three months later in March 2020 that COVID kicked off properly we later learned that people had been presenting with what was most likely COVID in China and other countries as far back as November 2019. Uh, Thank you for that, appreciate it. Um, And again, that could have been what I referred to when I was talking to Mandy as early COVID. Um, Also, I just mentioned there about other countries because Fiona was saying it won't be too long before children won't be allowed to school, go to school without vaccinations. There are countries where childhood vaccines are compulsory. I'm not talking about Covid vaccine now, just childhood vaccines like countries like France, Italy, Belgium, Poland and Hungary are all compulsory when it comes to childhood vaccines. In fact, the French, when you register for school in France, the parents are asked to provide lots of different health records but amongst them proof that their children have been vaccinated and in france it's compulsory to have 11 vaccines for your children before they can go to school apparently diphtheria tetanus polio all compulsory for some time but in 2018 they added another eight whooping cough measles mumps rubella uh, hepatitis b influenza pneumonia and meningitis c Uh, covid is not a compulsory vaccination but the other ones are and that's as an example, say, for instance, France. So I'll come back to all of that. It's Friday, so I can't stop the clock, and there's a lot I want to do. But it being Friday, of course, uh, I'd like to try and lighten things up, if at all possible. And just ahead of that, we have two family passes now for uh, Photo Wildlife Park to take you and the family down to Ireland's wildest attraction, Photo Wildlife Park. You need to book if you want to go down there over the weekend. Pre-booking is essential. But we have family passes. And this is all based on you um, putting on your... Uh, <laughs> Best singing voice and displaying your singing talents to The Lion Sleeps Tonight, right? I the high bit. I I mean, I Why I am I off key? So the high bit. I mean, I might accept the whim away bit as well. Okay, so your best version, please. Lines are open. Pick up the phone, one eight fifty one zero four one zero six. 104 106 Perform on air, and you may be good enough to win one of our photo wildlife uh, passes, family passes. I mentioned Mr. Ronco yesterday, a man by the name of Popple, Uh, Ron Popple, who died um, this week at the age of... How old was he again? He was well into his 80s, I think. He was 50 years, the undisputed king of the infomercial on television. He was the guy that started... Um, TV shopping, persuading millions of Americans to buy household gadgets that you never needed. And I promised at some stage that I'd come back to it. Well, he was on television more than anybody else in America ever, this guy. He died at the age of 86. He had more hours clocked up on television than any celebrity in American history. And I recognized his face. He was selling things like the, you know, he had a whole range of different electrical gadgets called the Omatic. So you had the Chopomatic, for instance um, but the other ones like it uh, household gadgets like inside the egg scramblers where you could scramble the egg inside the eggshell <laughs> really hair in a can spray he sold that hair in a can we literally sprayed hair onto your head sit on trash compactors toast at sandwich pie makers um, the list goes on. Um, what else? He had also a thing called the Buttonier, which fixed buttons to close. Oh, I want one of them. The Buttonier, which fixed buttons to close. Because I'm the go-to guy for sewing in buttons at home. That would be handy, wouldn't it? Or the Electric Food Dehydrator, which literally takes all of the juice or all of the liquid out of, say, beef. You could make your own beef jerky, um, for three dollars a pound. <laughs> And he was the guy also who invented the saying, but there's more. Buy this and we'll also throw in a set of knives. Pillar cases, as my mother used to call them. A nose hair clipper. You know, the, the added extras. Um, and of course now it's everywhere, shopping, uh, TV, particularly at night. And you might be, it's a bit like browsing uh, Amazon and ending up buying things that you never wanted. But this is the original, the man behind the omatics particularly um, things for the kitchen, gadgets that you would never need. Uh, but Seamus had a brainwave yesterday. So why don't I go out and ask people to chat about the useless gadgets that perhaps they might have. So used, useless, unusual kitchen gadget gadgets. Um, when we're asking people on the talk about, about their unused gizmos or items that they bought, they may have been miraculous or fantastic bits of kit. Or they could be just gathering dust
4: Buy it, use it, break it, fix it, trash it, change it, melt, upgrade it Charge it, point it, zoom it, press it,
12: snap it, work it, quick, erase it Did you ever buy something
9: there now on point out? It's still there, you never use it, right? I bought a lot of No, You
7: know that use for the courgette yeah. things? I still have that, I never use
9: it yeah, I've, uh, I, I've got um, a kit for cleaning the oven, sure. and I still have it at home. In the box? I don't know, but you still encouraged me to do it because well, there right, are things I needed that. to do.
11: They frost in the fridge.
10: Yeah, three amazing. things. Defrost
9: in the fridge, ironing and the cooker. Clean the cooker. So that's the little. And what urge you to buy a uh, spiralizer?
10: It wasn't fashion at the time. <laughs> <laughs> Useless, never used it. I have a load of clothes and things, all brand new, cluttered up in the wardrobe
12: and
4: things yeah. that I want to get rid of. And he's on me all the time for them, to get rid of them. I get them and I don't even wear them. They <laughs> have a blender still in the box. It
13: must be there about ten years. What you
9: could have a few blender blend as well. Yeah. Neil brand about Oh stop that it. Can I can away. I don't know. I can't
13: switch it But you can
9: switch him off. <laughs> I know, yeah, true.
13: Oh yeah.
10: I only A cake mixer. And I never used it after I burned it. It's not even through the laptop, no? No, couldn't be bothered. No. After I burned it. Couldn't be bothered baking really. I have loads. Like uh, a sandwich maker. Never used it. Oh, it but never used it it's no cooker, I got mine and just still in the box <laughs> it's very handy because you can put on your dinner in the morning but sure it's not if you don't use it I know, I have to open it now shortly. Sure. <laughs> I'm on holidays at the moment you see and when I when I come back I'll open it <laughs> I've, 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 I've used things on the back of the cupboard I didn't use it, it's a truth. chip pain, ornaments
11: um,
12: So you, you do a lot of eating out then, do you?
10: <laughs> and did you ever think of throwing them out or nah,
13: I hold I hold I dumb
4: I bought once a see-through teapot that I never used. Is it still there? No, I threw it away yesterday. <laughs> That's how <laughs> I remembered it. <laughs> yeah, no, it was like a see-through one where you're meant to put in these flowers that open, you know, when the tea's brewing, and I I never used it.
10: Nope. Yeah, a phone case that I got. It had to work under the water. It didn't work,
13: at ripped. And did it destroy the phone? Yeah.
10: First ground now, I have new ones. It's all right. Yeah, but Mammy
6: had to pay for that, <laughs> did she?
10: Yes, probably did. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Would you are not going back to the manufacturer?
11: No, I'm pennies, from Penny, so twenty-one fifty.
9: Clothes usually, or any stuff you know you use in the kitchen, something like that. You sometimes you buy and you know you see it's a good price. This is why you're buying, but when you bring it home, you see that you don't even need that.
4: Every time, when I goes into the, the charity shops, yeah, I bring it home, and a year after I have to find it behind the sofa. I buy t-shirts, maybe CDs, and you know anything that's there that I take a of fancy. Then nice shot, You know what I mean? I have to make it, at least a t- one trip every every second year because it's a thing I have since they opened up. And you
0: end up putting it back into the same charity, do you? Oh, yeah. When I go back, when I have enough of it, I go back. <laughs> I think it's called recycling, isn't it? I love that. One woman was talking about, yeah, yeah, I bought that uh, that Corgetti thing. Um, we all, I suppose, have the miracle veg peeler in the drawer, I thing that would take the top of your finger off. You know, it can do all sorts of spurly, fiddly dan things. The woman there with the, I have a slow cooker, you can put on your breakfast in the morning. <laughs> oh, sorry, you can put on your dinner in the morning. <laughs> But she still has it in a box at home. Anyway, the things we buy—I think a lot of the—I uh, think a lot of the TV shopping these days has a lot to do. It's jewelry all of the time, isn't it? It's all jewelry, jewelry, jewelry. Maybe clothing and fashion, but lots and lots of jewelry. Okay, photo wildlife passes: two adults, two kids; one adult and three kids. A day out down at photo wildlife park, but you have to rise to the challenge. Claire is in. Don Manway. Good morning. Hi, Neil. How are you? I'm well. You know how this works. The line sleeps tonight. Mm-hmm. Um the highest yep. part I hope
10: I can do it
0: All right okay so we'll we'll roll it here and then I'll tell you when you know feel free to jump in but uh, I might give you a cue all right so here we go here you go your turn
12: <laughs>
3: and again. <laughs>
0: I think I think you have a lot of potential. Give me another one, there. It's not a great line.
12: Oh. That's damn
0: good, I can tell you. I'm well impressed with that, That's Claire. I'm much. Okay, so a bit like the Olympics, we've set a high bar on this one. Hold on, there, Jennifer.
13: Hello,
7: I'm here. How are you? Are you are behind
0: you? the counter of Phelan's Pharmacy in Grona Broher?
7: I am. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we are up here dishing out tablets.
0: <laughs> so you've probably had a lozenge now or something or a throat spray, have you, from oh, behind the counter?
7: We can't be giving away the secrets, away the secrets
0: up here. <laughs> Is it a group of you going to have a go?
7: Error, we will, yeah. There's three of us here. Bree the boss and there's Karen OTC and there's myself in the back then, Breed the apprentice, oh. Jennifer. All right,
0: okay. It's a bit of a choir going on then, a band. Okay, so here we go. Um, the high part, right? There's a little bit of an intro in here but you can work it out for yourselves. Hang on. <laughs>
3: Off you go.
13: In the jungle, the mighty jungle.
0: (laughs) Close and lock the front door. You should all be mortified.
13: (laughs) We're gone mentally here from digging outside the field.
0: Um, that was good. Uh, that was very good. A good team oh, effort, I have to say.
13: That was fantastic.
0: <laughs> Somebody did the high and a couple of you did the low. All right. Hang on. What do, you, what do you make of that? I mean, are we getting thumbs up there for Claire so far or for Jennifer? Is it thumbs up, Jennifer? Thumbs up, Claire. Okay. You may well be ahead there at Phelan's Pharmacy. It's all down to Sarah down in Mahan. Sarah? Okay. So, as I say, it's all to play for, right?
10: Uh, yeah, because uh, Kyle is actually going to try and help me as well to do it. Who's with
13: you? Uh, Kyle, my son. He's oh. very good
0: at it. Okay, well, huddle up close to the phone then, because uh, yes. you really yes. need to perform to beat either Claire or the yes. girls in Feelings yes. Pharmacy, alright?
7: Yeah, just get him there next
0: to me. You yes. ready, Kyle? Are
7: you ready, Kyle? Yeah. Yeah, we're ready.
0: Alright, pal, here we go. I'll give you the cue. In the jungle, the-
12: to
3: go again again again
12: do it again again the bum way
0: Okay, that was funny. All right, okay, help me out here, Brennan. We got, we got Sarah, we got the gang and Feelings Pharmacy, we've Claire and Don Manway. What do you think? You know what I, you know what I'm going to do because it's Friday. I'm going to give I'm going to give a family pass to the whole lot of you. you. <laughs> I think it's the fairest thing. Firstly, it's Friday, and secondly, they were all damn good efforts. Thank you, okay so no, well the <laughs> Thank, thank you, you. Okay. we love you, Neil. We, you. Well, we can hear you no need- I feel, yeah, I, I'm giving one to all of them
10: ah yeah go for it sure, it's Friday yeah
0: Okay, all right. Yeah. Thank you. cheers guys good luck to you all bye. 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 bye Sarah man the gang of girls in Feelings Pharmacy and Claire in Dunman Way courtesy of ourselves from Photo Wildlife Park it's Friday
7: the Neil Prendival show on Cork's Red FM our phone lines remain open after midday 1850 104
0: 106 very special persons celebrates his birthday today a Cork institution an absolute legend the great Joe Mac. Joe Mac is 85 years young today and I want to wish him a very very happy birthday and I'm quite sure that every single person on Lee side will join me in wishing Joe Mac a happy 85th birthday today. Happy birthday Mac fair play to you it won't be long before you're back uh, playing gigs again in and canties and out and about with the uh, all of your friends doing what you do, making music and making people happy. It's Friday, so happy Friday to you. I think at this stage, I'm going to be talking to the world's happiest person. I came across a one pager article in uh, the last edition of RSVP magazine. It was a, a chat with Ashling Cambridge. She has a website called ministerforhappiness.com. It's a great read. I actually went onto our webpage and read some more about her and the things that she does online ministerforhappiness.com dot and she also has an Instagram page. She joins me by phone. Ashley, good morning.
7: Good morning, Neil. Happy Friday. Uh, yeah,
0: and it's a very special day because people just love Fridays. So I thought this would be a good day to chat, and I think people will find my conversation with you very interesting. We, you would describe yourself as a as a happy person, then.
13: Yeah, I would,
7: absolutely. Well I suppose I kinda have to practice what I preach as such. Um but I you know, my main mission really when it comes to working with people, Neil, has become very quite simply is to learn and understand things that I can bring to people to help to bring more happiness into their own
4: life. Because do we That's tend do we tend life. to
0: accentuate towards the negative or how unlucky or you know, hard done by we are in life? Is that it? Is that our default?
7: But like, to be honest, we can't blame ourselves because it's actually a kind of a silly function of our minds. And um, The mind is designed to protect us. It's designed to keep us out of danger. So it's not designed to bring us happiness. That's something that we have to actually put a little bit of effort into. But the good news is it's not... It doesn't have to cost money. It doesn't have to take a lot of time. And it doesn't, it's not like just for certain people. Everybody can access happiness. And over the last number of years, I've been exploring things that can really make a big difference, and for all your listeners today, like it's Friday. Yes, it's a good day to be happy. It's the end of the week, maybe the end of the work week, but we should feel happiness every day. And you know, I could define happiness, but to be honest, there are as many definitions of happiness as there are people in the world. Everybody would define it differently. I would say it's quite simply the absence of negative emotions. How do you? But so how, how do you bat them around. away?
0: How do you bat that stuff away?
7: you don't like if something is wrong then you have to fix it i'm not saying ignore circumstances but if you were to really look at it from we'll say a scientific perspective our happiness is down to a few factors 50% of our happiness is actually genetic
0: so we can oh do my god it. i read so that that's unfortunate that's yeah. unfortunate if the generations I know. before were miserable
7: yeah. but you know 10% of our happiness is circumstances so what you know we've been experiencing for the last year of a uh, year and a half coronavirus that's circumstances so we can do nothing about these things but the 40% that's left over that I want everyone to hear is that what we can control are our thoughts actions and behaviors nobody nobody but us is in control of that mm. and that's where our power is really to bring more happiness into our everyday and that doesn't mean ignoring if something is wrong like I'm a happy person Neil but when I cross the road if there's a bus coming I don't think oh I'll be positive now and the bus won't hit me I'm going to get out of the way of the <laughs> but bus
0: people put the, but, people so. can't, but actually there are people who do believe that they put things and, and they're right to believe it if they put things out to the universe good thoughts and good vibes then good things will come back to them
9: yeah, absolutely. But is that, the,
0: ins- is that the key or the alchemist of one of these one of these books? I wonder where all that started.
7: Well, there's actually, there's hundreds of books where you'll read things that would, you know, point in that direction. And I think we kind of make fun of it a lot of the time because we think it's airy-fairy. But if we were to look at those kind of things scientifically, and the research is there now, um, like Yale University released this course last year called the Science of Wellbeing. And I'd highly recommend, you know, for anyone listening, if they want to explore this more and find tips and tools to help them go on and do the course, it's can, free
0: can, can positivity bring good things into your life? I mean if you believe you deserve it, the universe will serve it up to you, do you, do you believe that? I um, think it's a powerful I to, message. I do
12: to a degree, yeah absolutely,
7: but what I wanted to point out was what Yale have, have discovered are the things that actually make us happy. Like what you were saying there about people saying, oh, the universe will bring it to me. But there is a certain amount of gravity to that because when we're focusing on things that are good in our lives and we're grateful for them, we do perpetuate that into, you know, our day, into our experiences. Whereas, you know, we've often woke up in the morning and we start the day wrong, you know, we stubborn or something happens and we think, oh, this is a bad day. Whereas if something good happens, we think, oh, this is a good day. So we do tend to put that out there. So, yeah, I do believe there's a certain amount of gravity to that. I don't think it's just wishful thinking. I do think there are other elements at play here. But gratitude is one of the things that the scientists are seeing actually work. And it's freemium.
0: What, 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 what do you give gratitude to?
7: All right, so something really simple when I'm working with people. The first thing I would say is when you wake up in the morning, just to be gracious, you woke up. A 100,000 people a day don't. So, like, to be grateful you woke up and, you know, the person next to you maybe that you love woke up, that your family are okay, that you have a roof over your head, that you have a bed sleeping. Like, it doesn't have to be anything big. It's the everyday stuff. Like, I think, you know, we believe happiness is these events in the future or these big occasions. Like, you know, the wedding day or the house or the promotion or the money or the holiday. I'm sorry, they will all increase your happiness a little bit for a while.
0: That's true. You talk about that in the article, you say, even even the dopamine from shopping or buying outfits or... How long does that last?
7: Not, not, not as long as the stuff that really comes. And that's, that's where everybody can access it. And it's free stuff. It's, you don't have to spend money. You don't have to do anything major. You don't have to, you know, honestly, it, it's really simple stuff. And it's things like human connection. And people have been deprived of it over the last year and a half. But, you know, we can use it as an excuse, but it doesn't mean you can't pick up the phone to somebody if you need to have a chat with someone. It doesn't mean you can't say hello to someone as you walk past them on the street or in the park and just say hello and give a smile. That human connection may seem very, you know, insignificant, but it's actually essential.
0: And if somebody doesn't salute you when you let their car go through or when somebody doesn't hold the door or you hold the door and they don't say thanks, let it go.
7: Oh, God, yeah, you never know what's going on in their day. Like, there's no point in being, if they're in a bad mood, there's no point in taking it on for them. If I'm going to be in a bad mood, it won't make make them feel better, you know? Why should they
0: allow you to have negative thoughts? So it's a case of seeing the positive in everything, is it?
7: Um, yeah, I wouldn't say it's that simple either, though, right? Because if something bad happens, you can't just turn around and say, oh, we we'll just look at the positive here. I do think you, there's times where you have to be solution-orientated if there's something going on in your life. Like if you just lost your business or you lost your job or something happened or you got an illness. That's in- real life, You yeah. do have to deal with it. Yeah, that's reality at that time. What I'm really focusing on here and want people to hear is that when there's nothing wrong in any given moment, that's when we're supposed to experience happiness. And it doesn't mean you have to be jumping around the place elated. It means you could be just sitting at home with your family watching telly and you're like, God, this is lovely. Or you could go for a walk in the park and, you know, you're like, God, this is lovely. You know, simple stuff, really simple stuff. And when we're grateful for that, we do start to experience more things
0: to be grateful for. Do you think that with the last year and a half, that more people, are their eyes have opened to a new world and a new way of thinking or feeling, uh, you know, those, those that are willing to listen as such?
7: Yeah, I do. I think a lot of people have started to reflect Um, I think everyone has been affected differently. So I wouldn't say in general that everybody now is looking at life in a more positive light because, you know, look, we've all been in the same sea but a different boat. We all have different, you know, perspectives we're coming from what's been going on. So I I couldn't say that, you know, the whole world all of a sudden is looking at things more positively. I think there'll always be people who will learn from experiences and they'll change the trajectory of their lives. And for some people, that might have been COVID. For other people, it could be a cancer diagnosis. For somebody else, it could be... new beginning in their life in a positive way so really, you know, well, I, I don't want to generalize with that.
0: But what about if you're trying your hardest and doing all of these things and, and there's work in it, I mean you you acknowledge mm-hmm. that, but what if you're surrounded yes. by people who are negative or you have friends in your ah. life that are just drawing your energy from you?
7: Yeah, yeah. that's And that's probably one of the biggest questions a lot of people will ask me. And I think it was Dante who said, you know, hell is other people. But, like, we can't go through our lives blaming everybody. And if people are going through a tough time and they're hard to be around, then maybe you need to be more selective about when you're around them. Um, you know, if they're complaining about the same thing and, you know, not looking to change it, then maybe you need to just be more mindful of how much time and you And how does one yourself. do that?
0: Is it is it recommended one should drop all friends?
7: No, I don't think that's the solution either. Like, you know, we have to live our lives. And I think avoidance isn't right either. But there may be people in your life that the relationship isn't helping you grow and nurture you. So maybe you do need to consider it. I'm not saying here by any means that people should just drop people in their lives. You know, we love our family and friends. We might not like them all. So it is about just being mindful of when you are around them if you find that you're sensitive to where they're at. If you find that their negativity is influencing you. But on a positive note, Neil, being around happy people Actually, increases your happiness by fifteen percent. <laughs> so maybe spend more time with happy people and less time with the negative
12: people. You don't have to avoid.
0: Is, is any of this? You know, everything comes back. I, I believe a lot. Of, a lot of things in the world come back to what we eat and nutrition and diet, and how, and that yes. can affect how you feel. That's important, surely.
7: Oh, absolutely. And look, my background is nutritional therapy, and that that,
0: that and food not actually, actually that expensive. that your that your your nutrition has an effect on your mental your mental diet as well, your mental health.
7: Absolutely. Well, what we eat becomes us, and what we think becomes our experience. So, like our physical and our mental diet—you know, what we expose ourselves to—obviously is what we end up experiencing in our everyday. Like the food you eat becomes you. That's that's a fact. You know, that's it makes our bodies up. So, of course, good nutrition is important, and that doesn't mean that you have to buy all organic and you have to be, you know, eating raw food all the time and following, you know, a certain diet. It means that you just have to listen to your body when you do eat and eat food that makes you feel good. The best back we have Neil every single one of us and all your listeners is listening to yourself, your body will always tell you when something suits you and when it doesn't so we just need to tune in a bit and that is one of the factors obviously that adds to happiness when we feel good, obviously in our bodies we feel good mentally.
0: Many people unfortunately are, are, are kind of, you know, forced to do things that they feel they need to do things they may see it on social media, that's becoming a huge mm-hmm. player now in people's lives and I think it leads to an awful lot of anxiety and stress and I want to be, I want to be are you saying let all of that go? I think you made a point in the article that if you you don't like running or you don't like going to the gym, don't do it. Mm-hmm. Is, are you saying that? Yeah.
7: Yeah, I think people should do things that they enjoy as much as possible because there are things in life we have to do that we don't want to. Situations will always come up. So when you have a choice, make sure you're choosing to do something because you actually want to, not because you're seeing everyone else do it. And I think we live in a world now where you know social media can be fantastic and it's a great tool, but you know we've kind of become the tools and we go on there and we compare ourselves to people who are showing highlights of their lives. Yeah. And unless you really want that, like, what, why are we looking at it? You know, if you're happy in your everyday at home, at the end of the day, that's really what matters to everybody. Is
0: that that's why we matters. have so it's many when you're people home who, on
7: an average Wednesday?
0: Is that why? Yeah, is that why we have so many people? A growing amount of people who want to be influencers.
7: Mm. Mm. Probably. Well, look, I mean, I suppose some people have a mission. You know, I want to influence people too. I want to influence people to bring a bit more happiness into their lives. Yeah. So, you know, it depends on your intention. And what I would say is, I think it's very important that when you are influencing people be authentic so anyone who knows me actually knows i'm like this if i'm having a bad day i might say i'm sub super and a lot of people when they meet me first think i'm sub super (laughs) sub super yeah (laughs) usually say i say i'm super if you know if if there's (laughs) nothing wrong in my day um and a lot of people think oh you know she's just putting it on but genuinely i've been like this for a long time and it feels so much easier to be like this this is more natural (laughs) to me you know, then, then saying, Oh, I'm not too bad or Oh God, everything's gone wrong. Like last year I had challenges for everybody. We've all had them, everybody. And I don't want to do comparing, but like. I got married last year. We were meant to get married in Rome. Obviously, that changed. But the, not the end, the end of the world. We still were lucky enough to get married. And we had a smaller gathering. You know, we just had to shift. There it. you go,
0: accentuating the positive again.
7: <laughs> <laughs> well, if I can't do it, there's something wrong, Neil.
0: <laughs> is there anything... You know, When you just to concern me there, you said 50% mm. of our happiness is genetic. Yeah. Can Can we get rid of that at all? Can you work on that at all? Or is that just 50% gone because those that went before you were moody, glum, depressing people? No, I mean, is that, you know, can you fix that?
12: Well,
7: uh, as far as I know, you can't change your genes right now. So okay, that's not, right. that's not something we can do. But I suppose this is the part where I'm going to say something you're going to say, yeah, you're being positive again. The 60% I mentioned, 50% genetics, 10% circumstances, we have no control over, okay? So we can, we can talk about that. But what we really need to do is focus on what we actually can change, and that's the 40% that's left over. No,
0: I thought that the 50% could be changed, or at least behaviors. some of it from thought process, you know?
7: And, well, it's the only part we have control of is the thoughts, actions, and behaviors. So that's, that's where we can change our happiness level on an everyday basis. That's where, and, and really, if I was to sum it up quite simply for people, what you focus on grows. So use your mind to think about the things you want, not the things you don't want. That's it's, where our, that's where we can actually change our level of happiness. Is there any
0: good book in this? Incidentally, I know I know oh you God, spoke of the alchemist changing your life. Was it?
7: Yeah, that was one of the first books, Neil. And I actually I've written a book myself called Twenty One
0: Sleeps. Sleep.
7: Yeah, yeah, um, and that's very you know I suppose without preaching, it's a work of fiction anyway. But it it gives little life lessons in there, and I think there's loads of books like that. But my advice, if I'm going to be honest genuinely you know I came on here today to talk to you with the intention of giving people something that they can take that doesn't cost anything so my advice would be start you know listening to yourself if you're not feeling good in that moment ask yourself am I in the right company I'm in the right place why am I not feeling good and that's the best place to start from and then start doing the things that are free and they're very simple I'm going to list them there's seven of them start savouring moments that are good in your life so that you start feeling good start being grateful for the stuff that you do have to be good grateful for. Be kind to people because that kindness actually gives us a great hit of dopamine. So we become really happy from giving to others. So it doesn't have to cost you. It could just be giving someone a smile or giving them a compliment or doing something nice for someone. Social connection, make sure every day, even if it's just saying hello to the person in the supermarket who you're who's serving you have that connection with somebody even if you live alone it's really really important exercise every day that, that can be just going for a walk Neil it doesn't have to be joining a gym or doing a class it's whatever you enjoy a walk will do the trick very well get a good night's sleep Simple thing. I know it sounds, again, like people talk about all the complex stuff, but a good night's sleep actually affects your level of happiness as well. And the final thing there that I think is really important and has been a big game changer for me is meditation. Um, I join regularly on a weekly basis. I join join two or three groups where I do online meditation because obviously we can't meet with people. And that has been really powerful.
0: I was worried worried if I were to do that, I'd fall asleep. (laughs)
7: <laughs> but look, if you fall asleep, at least you showed up for yourself and you give your brain a bit of a break because it's the closest thing you'll come to sleep is meditation. And the, the way it affects the brain positively, look, again... How it's do nice, you meditate? It now. Um, well, I usually do um, in a group, so there's usually someone guiding you. So a guided meditation because I have a, a busy mind myself. So I find that listening to somebody guide me helps me stay in the present moment, which is the whole point of it. And even if you just have a minute in between your thinking where, you know, there's just a gap. That's all you want. It's, it, it doesn't have to be that you're levitating and going, um. It's just about turning up to give yourself a bit of space. How you do you know? feel after it? Becomes, it? Oh, I, I feel like I've, you know, given myself a nice rest really. You know, like after a good night's sleep, it's the same feeling. It's And it's not even afterwards, Neil. It's, it's you know the day that follows or the week that follows you just find things go a little bit more easily um i've done a lot of um relaxation now over the last year with groups of people and through the likes of Cad, uh, southeast cork association uh, association development um you know parents of people with special needs and so on you know who haven't got any respite over the last year and they've their feedback to me has been the meditation has been the part that they found has really helped them. so you are and working so-
0: with people then
7: Oh God, yeah! I'm working with. It's all online, um, but you know, I'm working with people as much as possible. And myself and a colleague and good friend of mine, Jen O'Callaghan of Everyday Wellness, are actually running a free wellness week online on the sixth of September. So, anyone out there listening who wants to know more about wellness and have a basic understanding that they can bring into their life. Oh
0: no, we need to come back and talk judge. about that a little bit closer to yeah. it. Maybe will you come oh, back definitely. again, Ashley?
7: Yeah, because people need to. And I, I, i like genuinely, I want people to have access to the simple stuff, the foundations, and if they want to go or more themselves and buy the books and do the courses that's up to them but like get the simple stuff like the nutrition the exercise, the you, hydration. You the help
0: mind. you help people to design a bucket list, Are you a believer in bucket lists?
7: I do, yeah. And it's funny, a friend of mine once said to me, "That's things to do before you die. That's very morbid." Yeah, it is, Not isn't it? Things to do while you're alive. <laughs> <laughs> things to do while you're alive, Neil. So come on. <laughs> so
0: what's that? What's that? What's a typical bucket list? I mean, Brenda was telling me recently there's a woman, Denise Kenny, from Dublin, who set up the Head Plan. It's a journal, apparently, where mm-hmm. you can you can manifest your dream job, you can even manifest your partner, your husband, your wife. Mm -hmm. uh, Is any of that possible? Power of the mind, I wonder? Um,
7: Well, I I think the mind is a really important part of us getting anything in our lives. I really do. And I think the thing actually that gets in our way more than anything is overthinking, overanalyzing and wearing ourselves out energetically because we're going for these things that we think will make us happy and we're doing it wrong. But if we actually step back and did the simple stuff every day, our level of happiness would come up. And then when we when we want something that is big for us, that we want in our lives, it will work more easily. And the things that we have to deal with that challenge us, we'll deal with them better. So it, it, it really is about stripping it back. I'm not saying that, you know, these, you know, other books that are out there. I think oh, there's so much information out there, Neil. It can be overwhelming for people.
0: Yeah, I know. I
7: you know. have to I start know. from where you are. And everybody, every all your listeners out there now, they're an... Completely different places. And, you know, wherever you are, you have to start from. So start with what you can. And, like, what's the point? I'm sorry now. What's the point of saying, oh, I want to have the perfect job in the future and I'm going to be making a million a week if, you know, you're in a job that you don't like right now and, you know, you're barely getting by? You know, you kind of have to to take it step by step. You know, home wasn't built in a day, but a bit of it was. So I think start from where you are and just start moving in the right direction and feel like you're making progress instead of aiming for something that maybe seems unrealistic to you right now and when you're not getting there you feel frustrated with yourself
0: Brenda, ha- really? Brenda has all of these great one-liners, I love them, uh, a lot of the times she does them on Instagram but I hear her on the building saying she says things like win the morning, win the day, she'll say uh, yeah. what you resist persists she says yeah. when you let go you grow um, yeah. um, she says I'm not having a bad day, I'm having a character building day, they're great great to hear,
7: aren't they? Aren't they, really? You know, Brenda's, Brenda's great, though, in fairness, and she is like that. And, you know, saying those things does make a difference because how many people go around and they start knocking themselves in their head all day long? They're like, oh, I shouldn't do this now. Oh, sure, I'm stupid. Why did I say that? And, oh, I hope, no, they, they didn't think I, I meant anything by that. We go around giving ourselves a hard time, Neil. So maybe just stop and say, do you know what? I'm doing very well now today, know, yeah, considering yeah, everything. Yeah. And you know what, Neil, for all your listeners, in the last year and a half, right, what's gone on has been a big challenge, right? But just remember every single person listening, you have got to this point in your la- life and you have 100% survived. So you're a success already. No matter where you are, you can start again. No matter what you, because you've come through losses, deaths, illnesses, job losses, financial struggles, things not working out. Every single person on, on your show has, has had something happen to them and they're still there. They're, we're still here. So remember that and just go from today.
0: Great to chat. I have a feeling we'll chat again. People can follow up minister. The, the number four minister4happiness.com uh, loved it, feel great, feel energized actually, thank you for that
7: good, thanks for million Neil, thanks to all you have a great day,
0: take Bye. care, Ashlyn Cambridge and we'll chat with her again, minister4 the number four, I should say minister4happiness.com she, there's more than what another one of Brenda's, is believe you deserve it believe you deserve it and the universe will serve it <laughs> They're crazy. The voice of
1: Cork, Neil Prendeville. Weekdays 9 to midday. Cork's Red
11: FM.